ACASTCAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There's, there's some things like with the, the chili, it's, there were, there were always these rumors that he was a cannibal yeah, and, yes. and that he made his own chili. Now this is a true story though. Okay. So, which I read numerous times, he, Oh, they asked him when they had gotten gotten into his house and they were they were saying, well, he's he's actually, you know, making chili and it's venison chili and he was giving it away. But then one of the, the deputies asked him, they said, well, wait a second. Did you get your license this year? He's like, I've never shot a deer in my life. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> And hence, for people that don't live in the in Wisconsin or in the Midwest, True. venison is deer meat. Yeah. You need yeah. to kill a deer in order to have, and, and a license to shoot it. Yeah, and license to shoot it. And that was the disturbing point that, and a tipping point for a lot of these guys because they thought, "Oh dear Lord, I I actually had how some many of them venison had chili. chili." Yeah. Oh well, and I was wondering about that myself with the the chili part. Yeah, that if he actually did that. Yeah, that's you know you just make the inference. Yeah, yeah. That he, you might have made yeah. human chili, you know. Welcome, fellow Lushes. Come on in, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy some cocktails with Dimples and the Beard. Thank you, everybody. Hello, fellow Lushes. Thanks for joining us tonight. We have an in-house guest, super special, super excited to introduce you, Dan Davies. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. You guys are amazing. I love you guys. Oh, and it's not the alcohol. It's not the beer. But I'm just, it but is. Is. yeah, it is. But I do. There's a, there's a, a lot of love in this room. And uh, oh, awesome. And I feel it. Good. Well, I hope you feel welcome. And uh, I do. I really do. Real quick. I, um, I saw, I just saw an ad for in Ed Gein, the musical. And I said, what the fuck? I I gotta see this. Um, they had a premiere, in, a re premiere. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Ten ten year anniversary, right? Thirteenth anniversary. Anniversary yeah. of a showing in Menasha. Yep. And I said I had to go, and my daughter's as deranged as I am. So I said, <laughs> "Hey, do you want to go?" And uh, she said, "Absolutely." So then we brought her boyfriend, um, and we went and got to see on the big screen uh, at Dean the musical. And as we were there, I got to meet Dan and. As a whore I am, I said, come on over. Will you be on my <laughs> podcast? Because I would love to talk to you and hear some stories about what possessed you to write. He's a he's a writer 
writer, actor, producer, producer, and actor of Ed Gein musical, which was done 13 years ago. And I'm glad you said possessed, because I think that's the apropos <laughs> term to use. Um, so I want to shut up, and I just want to hear the start of what possessed you sure. to say, I'm going to write Ed Gein the musical. Uh, and it's it's a great question. So many, many moons ago, in the mid to late 90s, I was drinking beer with a buddy as we do drinking copious amounts of beer with a buddy in wapaka wisconsin and his name is ian teal and ian is a real cool cool filmmaker cool cat has his own uh, film festival in waiwiga uh, called the waiwiga international film festival along with his partner kathy fail but but ian and i were drinking and he was talking about errol morris who is a documentarian from new york who did a documentary on ed gein so Ian said, well, I'd like to do a documentary on Ed Gein, too. And I was like, you know, drunk and a little maybe high. I don't really know, but I probably was both. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, it would be really cool, you know, if I did a comedy, a comedic musical. I'd call it Ed Gein the musical. And he looked at me like I had two heads and I knew I was onto something. And then it yes. just kind of ruminated and kind of laid there in my brain for years. And then in 2007, I started a a video film company in the Fox cities, uh, Wisconsin, and uh, we had the wherewithal to make it. And I wrote the script and wanted it to be a uh, psychological treatise on Ed Gein Mm -hmm. of why he became the monster he became because his dad physically horribly abused him and his mom, they think uh, sexually abused him. So it was a combination, a a recipe for a a monster, basically. So, but I also wanted to have some dark gallows humor. I didn't want it to, you know, make light of the victims or make light of the, the murders or anything like that. But I also just wanted to shine a real harsh light on that type of psychoses and, and disassociated behaviors that he had. And he was crazy. It was absolutely yeah, nuts. True, yeah. And so and and but also I wanted it to be, you know, musically sound and fun and where people could come in and really enjoy themselves with it, but also get a glimpse into his mind and mindset. Okay. Okay. And then what's how did you where did you begin to write i mean what like what was the first page you wrote or i knew i wanted to start with one set point in his life so i started with the arrest Mm. almost and the the last murder that he did now i have family connections to ed gein so explains a lot yeah 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 Yeah, that explains quite a bit so my grandfather's best friend um was the uh arresting sheriff for washera county okay and um he my grandfather worked for the wild rose fish hatchery and worked for the dnr so they were best of friends and then my grandma was a teacher in that same area Mm. wild rose and and you know washera county and she would get her teaching supplies she was a teacher from the hardware store that bernice warden was the last person he murdered so i started from that uh, timeline from that point of the murder of Bernice Warden. And then I wanted it to be not so much of him. He's just kind of recollecting why in, in the things that he did, he would dance with the, you know, dig up corpses and make them into, you know, lampshades and all kinds of and nipple belts and all kinds all of crazy stuff. stuff. And he would dance, you know, and I, I kept thinking too, if you're going to dance 
with a corpse and the, the light of the moon, you're going to need some music, you know, <laughs> you know? And it, so all the songs are in his head. Every single song is a sure. construct. And there's one part of the movie where he starts singing out loud and the sheriff smacks him in the back of the head. Was, what the hell are you doing? Great part. <laughs> Great part. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm singing. It is a musical. <laughs> he looks right in the camera. So I wanted it to be fun and funny, but I, I just, I wanted it where people could get an understanding of who he mm-hmm. was and not to be sympathetic or, or empathetic t- towards him. Right. Because he was crazy and he was evil. Yeah. And, but I just, I, I, and, and it's, we, we premiered it at UW Oshkosh Fox Cities, uh, 2010. Um, oh, okay. And, yeah. And then, uh, we were the first movie that they had there. And then it, uh, it, it kind of got a life of its own. It, we had 500 theatrical screenings in 11 states. And then it was on, uh, uh national tv twice it was on retro tv network and pbs as well so it kind of took on this cult classic status and then about a year ago my music director will kaiser came up to me and he said he burped you know because you know because he was coming out of a bar he was drinking again not not a big no he's not a drinker at all (laughs) um i mean he'll have occasionally he'll have a cider actually oh okay which uh the stone art cider he really likes um we can give a shout out to stone art yeah what's what we're drinking tonight thank you Um, yeah and so he uh came up to me he said let's resurrect ed gein the musical and I thought, and what was your reaction? Like, I was like, that's, that's stupid. Ed, Without <laughs> hell, what distribution company would want a 10, 12 year old film shot in 720? You know, now everything is 4K, 6K, or 8K. This right. was 720, you know, which is just minuscule as compared to the, you know, the, the definition that they have now. But, but I said, well, I said, I'll write up a little something. I'll, I'll give you the press kit and find out if, distributors would want it we had five distributors that wanted it right from the get-go right from the get-go i believe it and yeah and srs cinema on the west coast they've been around for 30 years and they do a lot of cult classics and indie horror and and that type of stuff and he absolutely loved it and crafted the uh the poster for it Uh, a gentleman from um milan italy his name is Max Cave, and he's a professional artist that crafted a really cool poster, which was based on Will Kaiser's idea of Gone with the Wind. Yeah, we call it Gene very with the classic. Wind. Yeah. Oh, Gene. <laughs> and I'm going to get Clever. you guys a copy of that, uh, you know, for your, your wall. Wow, but I, absolutely. That's um, hilarious. But yeah, and so he... he and he's did, very recognizable. You could tell Gone with yeah, the Wind's in there, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. all. It was Same really well done. scheme and the whole, uh, the whole shoot match. But it was... You know, and and I was a little bit hesitant, and I'm thinking because I like to just, you know, go on to my next project, sure, and in 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 you know other worlds to conquer, so to speak. Sure. But uh, I was I was excited once SRS said this is how we're going to roll it out. We're going to do a Blu-ray, we're going to do a DVD, sure, um, and then streaming, and then look at like you know, hopefully Hulu or Netflix or whatever. And uh, I was impressed with them. So it's available through SRS Cinema, okay. uh, the DVD and the Blu-ray. The DVD is coming up March 14. Um, Blu-ray is out now, but it's yeah, the Blu-ray is out. And yeah. you can get it on the website, yep. edgainthemusical.com. Yep. Yep. So make yeah, sure we, we go, go, you'll be impressed. Go get it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you want this, but you can also rent it on Vimeo because I did that yesterday. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So I, yeah, that's how I checked it out yesterday. I actually watched it at work on my second monitor. And... <laughs> work, but your, your boss, doesn't mean to know your that. boss didn't give you. 
there's nobody to work this week. <laughs> I mean, I'm all, the thing of it is, I'm always watching podcasts or something on the yeah. second screen anyway. So it's like, still it listen to it. Anyway, but yeah, I absolutely, it was my first time seeing it. Absolutely Good. loved it. Absolutely. Oh, I love the way it was you. constructed and, and how you, like you said, you, you started at that certain time and then, sure. and then brought it back and, and did it through like the, the, the uh, recollection. Yeah, process. kind of through his lot of, uh, you know, a lot of turns that you, I wasn't expecting. So I yeah. love that you just, had no boundaries i i, I really but never never got too crazy yeah yeah or it, out of control I guess yeah I it, say. it always had to have a thematic purpose and a thematic thread throughout so no matter how crazy some of the songs were or some of the comedy was yes there's always a grounding point you that's know true. and that's, that's kind of ed's psychosis is the the jumping off point for the film and i really wanted to keep that in play at all times um yeah so well thank you i'm glad you liked it that's awesome i did did. thank you and uh you know i'm not gonna lie like going in i was like this is a really weird like (laughs) for for a movie am i you know am i i hope i like this because you know and i did it was great i i I mean i think it was when i brought it to brought it to him uh you know i'm like and he's and it's kind of like well if you want to we'll have it i'm like no you gotta watch it. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I enjoyed it. That, I yeah. would have asked you to come on if I didn't enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, thank that's one hundred percent. Well, I, I appreciate know. that. Thank you. Yeah, so I we really didn't love did. and my daughter loved it as well. Good, good, good. That's awesome. So what about her boyfriend, and he loved it too. Okay, good, good. And some of the cinematography, I think you would call it like the scene where you do the comic book. Yeah, it changes. Yeah, it's yeah. There's just so much of that fun stuff. That's yeah, in there to yeah. It was. I mean, just a really cool little movie, and, and the fact that you did it for. What yeah, nine thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. Yeah, in Wisconsin, which was great. Yeah, all in Wisconsin, pretty much. You know, Fox Cities, Amro. Um, we shot at a couple of different places there. We, you know, we couldn't shoot it in Plainfield. Sure. You know, because there's still people there shocked. that remember him and yeah. are you know uh, still probably sh- still shocked to this day. Yeah. You know that that somebody from their small town could sure. be that depraved and that you know evil. So much, go ahead. How much of about how, how much of it about him was true? I'm curious. Did he have, did he ever really call square dances? Uh, he did. Okay. So um, shy guy, but he did. That. Yeah, he did. He learned. He he. And I, I, I was just getting, to try and get in with the ladies. I'm sure. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't unheard of back at that that time where I, I even in the the 70s and 80s when I was going up. Uh, through elementary and and junior high and everything we actually had a square dance class oh yeah yes where they would teach you but then in they would also teach you how to do the barking the calling out stuff which was cool so it wasn't unheard of that's a wisconsin thing i think um you know where he would have learned it probably in high school or junior high so he did that yeah he actually did that there's there's some things like with the the chili it's there were there were always these rumors that he was a cannibal yeah and yes. and that he made his own chili now this is a true story though okay so which i read numerous times he oh they asked him when they had gotten gotten into his house and they were they were saying well he's he's actually you know making chili and it's venison chili and he was giving it away but then one of the the deputies asked him they said well wait a second did you get your license this year he's like i've never shot a deer in my life (laughs) oh (laughs) jeez 
and hence for people that don't live in the in wisconsin or in the midwest true venison is deer meat you need yeah. to kill a deer in order to and, have, and a license to shoot it yeah and license to shoot it and that was the disturbing point that and a tipping point for a lot of these guys because they thought oh dear lord i i actually had how some many of them venice and chili yeah oh well and i was wondering about that myself with the, the chili part yeah that if he actually did that yeah that's you know you just make the inference yeah, yeah. that he you might have made yeah. human chili you know <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, in the so film, in the film you never say a hundred percent, right? No, it's no, right. you just no. But I did all the research. I really, I you know, read all the books, did um, voluminous research. Did did were you able to get some of your uh, you said your connections that were in the area? Talk to your so um, I just because by that time both my grandma and grandpa. Um, we're gone. Oh, so, but I remember their stories, but I remember my dad's stories. Mm -hmm. My dad also was there the day he was arrested and his best friend, um, said, Holy smokes, there's a bunch of cops. There's all kinds of state troopers, county guys, city guys. He said from all over from new London, Wapaka, Stevens point, Appleton. And And something happened. So my dad's best friend, they get in the car. Wapaka is only 15 minutes away. They get there. And my dad said the biggest guy he's ever seen in his life put his hands up, says, what the hell are you two young guys doing? Get the hell around, you know, turn the car around and just get the, the hell out of here. I, I, I think they swore. Sure. They sure. Could probably call them, you know, F heads or whatever. <laughs> we can swear. Okay. Fuck heads. Adult, huh? You know, you two fuckheads, <laughs> you know, get the hell out of here. So, um, so they did, but my dad, as they were driving up there, he had never seen so many police officers. And what they were doing was digging every couple of feet. They had like a hundred of these guys with shovels digging because they were looking for more bodies. Yeah, because yeah. They, all over his yard. Yeah, all over his yard. And my dad said that really struck him as like, what the hell? And then the as the days kind of progressed, that you found out. Just how horrible and depraved and and just that house, house of been. horrors. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine that 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 small town just was like calling everybody because we don't know what to do. Yeah, we don't know how to handle this. Yeah, yeah. As any of the towns they called, oh, they yeah. wouldn't have known how yeah. to do. My grandpa said that his best friend, the uh, the sheriff, his name is Specs Murdoch or, or Murdy Murdoch or Murdy, and he said he was never the same. Oh, I would imagine. Uh, he was never the same after walking to that into that house of horrors. You know, on that in a minute. I'm curious. More beer? More beer? <laughs> I'm curious. How hard, how hard is Thank it to you. arrange when you do a, a period piece like that? How hard is it to arrange to get all those vehicles and stuff? Because you have all those authentic cool vehicles. Cars. You had some cool cars. Oh, yeah. So there's a, a, a group of guys called uh, – thank you, Kevin. A group of guys called the Rat Bastards, and they're from the Fox Cities, and they're uh, 1950s, 40s, and 50s car enthusiasts, and they're all kind of – and they live that lifestyle. They kind of have – you know, they wear the jeans that are from that era, and their clothes are kind of from that era. The hairstyles are from that era, and their wives kind of look – it's really cool, and they listen to that type of music. They get into, like, rockabilly. Because now there's like so cool. uh, new bands that do modern day rockabilly that are kind of like an homage to the 40s, 50s and 60s guys. But so they all have these cool cars. And I just asked them, I said, can we use these? Oh, like, nice. hell yeah. We, you know, we won't even we'll do it for free. Wow. You know? And, and I was you're like, like, wow. <laughs> yeah. 
So I want to give a shout out to all those guys. And they were really amazing to, to be there, like always, come, even driving from Appleton to, to Amro, which is about 35 sure, you sure. Know, miles or so, or 40 miles maybe. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was, everybody just came to the fore and they believed in it. That's cool. Well, and at the, the show that I was at, there were a lot of people that were in the movie that were in the yeah. audience, yeah. which was really cool. I'm looking around like, they, they're all popping up like they were yeah. in it they were in it yeah. that's yeah. cool that i mean yeah. i mean it, it i'd is, be proud of it too. yeah it uh there were i think we had three or four of the original car owners that showed okay. up in one of the three screenings and uh but you could kind of tell too just how they were dressed yeah <laughs> you could you know from a mile away that they're kind of do this uh homage to the the 50s and 60s but yeah it's it was really cool we came together as a team and got it done you um yeah you for the budget you had and the time frame you had to go back to is is amazing yeah yeah it really was so mm-hmm. at the time and i think you touched on it when because you did you were talking before and after the movie which was really fun as well oh the screening you. that yeah that was a nice touch you know and then you and your music director sang a few songs yeah. which was really from neat. the movie from yeah. the movie yeah. yeah so it was a neat experience the whole my, thing was experience. favorite though the end credit movie <laughs> the end credit song. <laughs> my yes that was awesome I didn't realize going in that they were parody songs. Like he told me it was a music side. Some of them are parodies. Yeah. About five or six are parodies. Yep. And which was weird because I had to do all the research because I didn't want to get sued, <laughs> you know, for doing, you know, parodies, you know. Um, but but parody is its own uh, entity. It's its own construct. So it, it's legally protected, mm. like Weird Al. But it actually goes back to um, Acuff versus Ro- uh, Rose. Uh, Roy Acuff, the old uh, Southern, you know, owns all this, this old school Nashville music and a rapper. Um, what were they? Oh my Mahoney, God. That one song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two live crew. Two live crew. So two live crew and some of their, um, <laughs> and some of their uh, songs were sampling all kinds of, of Roy Acuff. So they won in court just by saying, no, you, you can own it, but if we create it, and and make it ourselves you don't own you know really yeah so it's crazy it's called acom versus rose wow. so there's protections and weird out too yeah yeah and there's there's legally protected i was on a um, nationally syndicated um uh called haney on the law and it's out of los angeles and he's a lawyer and he he was talking about again the musical and he was yes. like dead people have no rights <laughs> you know it's like, crazy ones yeah <laughs> especially the crazy one so yeah so it's it was really cool but you know and yeah there are about four or five of the songs are uh parodies and the rest of them are you know crafted from the ground up so let's okay let's touch on that and i'll go back to the other um and were were you into when in high school were you in musicals and plays were you in acting and what how did you write the songs did you get help i i'm not classically trained as you know as a songwriter because I mean, you take um, on writing a movie is one yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, now I'm gonna freaking yeah, write songs too. That's yeah. double whammy, I think. Yeah, and it was it was funny too because it, well, my background was singing, but I'd never played an instrument. I didn't have any kind okay. of music theory or, an, or how to write a song. I wouldn't know. 
I don't even know how to read music, but so I wrote the lyrics as basically like poetry. And then with our, my, uh, our musical director, Will Kaiser, I, I write Which the is lyrics. a great story how you met him too. Yeah. Yeah. He was, um, he was kind of like, you know, meandering around and he's got this long hair and I'm thinking, Oh, there's a homeless dude outside of my office. And I, I you know, I wanted to invite him in for a coffee and a sandwich <laughs> or something. And he was just kind of lost. And then, um, he comes right up to the door. I'm like, well, how can I help you? And he's like, oh, I'm, my name is Will Kaiser. I just moved up here from Nashville. I'm a singer songwriter and I'm just looking for, for work. What do you guys do? <laughs> Which is, yeah. And I said, I'm a video TV film guy. And, um, and that's so weird because I'm doing this musical. He's like, what? And, and it's at game, the musical, and he starts laughing. He goes, let me look at the script. And I said, well, oh would you be able to help me? Cause I don't know what the, the hell I'm doing. He was like, well, let me read the script first. He read the script. He really liked it. And then he he got back to me like two days later. It said it'd be an honor. And and so what I would do, I'd write it out like poetry or whatever. And then I'd have the music in my head. So I'd go... Uh, for it's such a lo- lovely feeling, such a, a lonely reeling. I wanted it to be a motif of uh, him fishing for women. So <laughs> it's such a lovely feeling. It's such a lovely reeling. And, and so I would start singing it and he'd go, I got it. And I'm like, what? And then he was crafting it just from me, you know, humming a few bars. Yeah. And and then he he looked at my lyrics. Too. He goes, you've never written a song before. Have you? <laughs> I said, no, hell no. No, I've written a movie though. Yeah, yeah, movie. But but he was able, and and we had some great people from Green Bay too. Mm -hmm. The the Crazy House Chorus, uh, they were all people from the Green Bay area that were uh, a theater group. They were a dance and theater group. Really talented people. Yeah, came in. They recorded their songs and then did the choreography for the the last where he's in the the Crazy House at Mendota. I shouldn't call it crazy house. <laughs> That's not politically correct last time, right, Jack? Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, not the movie, though. Yeah, it they were. Yeah, it was called the, the – the, they called it at one time. It was the um, Mendota Mental Health Institute for the Criminally Insane. Yeah. Which reminds – like a, a super villain from Batman. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Dr. E. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know something, boys? I'm enjoying Mendota Mental (laughs) Hospital of the Criminally Insane, you know, like, and then hatching these for world domination. Perfect. I'm getting drunk. (laughs) These are so good. I love Scottish Ale. That was my favorite Mm. when I could drink beer that was my favorite when we would go there yeah it is a damn it's, good beer it yeah. is and you know what what's so great about it is it's because a lot of ambers are they're like a forceful uh complex yeah almost too big of a taste this is refreshing mm-hmm. as well as tasty it's the best of both that's worlds. true yeah it's yeah, like it was like my favorite. It's almost like a light beer, but it's the yeah. amber, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, and it's really weird because there's some ambers I absolutely hate. 
Sure. And, and I won't mention who they are because they <laughs> potentially could be sponsors for you guys. We don't upset anybody. Uh, we yeah. love you all. <laughs> but this We've at Stone Arch <laughs> in Appleton, it's it, and they're such good people too. Yeah. Just the owners and the the management. It just they're wonderful people and and amazing beer. So this is awesome. Thank you. And uh, and uh, yeah, as I told them when I was there picking this up, we had gone the Friday before. And I went down for a few drinks because me and uh, some friends and my daughter, both my daughters and um, my nephews, we all went and saw Mike Merrifield up at the comedy club. Oh, cool. So we went to Stone Arch uh, ahead of time to have a few drinks before we went up. How was Mike? Hilarious. Yeah, he really he's was funny. really, really hilarious. Yeah. He's he's probably... And then we went out and got drunk after. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, Rob Breckenridge and Mike Merrifield was probably... There. Good. Did Rob open for Mike? Yeah. And then yeah. Rob... Uh, not Rob Little. Um... I'm sorry. There's another one. I okay. forgot. But kind of the local kind of guys. E- e- yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so it was a good. Mike was recording a special there. That's what he was there. So. Oh, killer. Yeah. That's awesome. Mike's such a good Did, guy. Is it not happening now? Because he, he kept saying, I don't know about it. You know, he, was, he was talking. I know he was upset about the, the weather and the Yeah. And if it's going to go yeah, and what, whatever. So, yeah. So we, I love going there for, for, yeah. the, for the dual thing. You can't oh, eat you it can't for an eating. No, it's yeah. a great night of entertainment, yeah. and it's great food and great beer. Yeah, it's just all in the same building. It you is, know? yeah. You don't have to wait for a comedy club to go, but yeah. Well, that's and there aren't many of the com- my favorite. Com- yeah, <laughs> there aren't many comedy clubs left. Right, no. I know. And you we know? have a good one. Yeah, we have a good one here. So. We actually do yeah. have a good one. Um, so it, it, we got into the musical part, which is hilarious. Uh, that I love that story about. That he just is walking by. Yeah, you're basically you know, like, like, what? How? Yeah. The, you know, how, how are the odds? Yeah, and I, I kept thinking too, as he was wandering around, he needs coffee and a sandwich <laughs> and maybe a shower or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, like if if I had a frying, there was more grease in his hair than I've ever seen in a bacon <laughs> frying pan. And uh, but then when he told me, and then I heard some of the stuff that he had created, I'm like, holy shit, dude, right up my alley. you're really good. Yeah, right. Well, and you know, and it's just, and I told him, I said, you get as creative as you want. I love working with people that are like minded, and that are hard work working, and that are talented, and that have those goals where they say, this is what I want to accomplish. But um, you know, a, a very quick. Uh, an aside story, I guess. When I was in Los Angeles for a couple of films, there's a uh, acting coach. His name is Choice Skinner. Uh, super great guy. He's probably the number one acting coach in Los Angeles. Okay. And it's really cool to, he's, excuse me, he's African American guy, not that it matters, but there aren't, you know, many uh, coaches that are, and um, and he's amazeballs. And, but he told me one, one time when we were on set, he said, well, Danny, do your, your lines, do, you know, show me what you have, blah, blah, blah. And I did. And he's like, okay, I'm done with you. You're good. And he says, and then he walks away and he goes, I got to tell you one thing. Genius recognizes genius. And I took that as the best oh, wow. in the world. I was like, wow, <laughs> dude. Cause I had heard of him. Yeah, yeah he's that, that famous, is. you know, as a, as an acting coach. So when I, with, with Will it has those streaks of genius, yeah. you know, he's that good. Yeah, I can see that. Have you guys uh, worked on anything other projects together? Um, no, we're, we're going to do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I saying? Yeah, West okay. of Thunder. Um, Perfect. Yeah, which is a western we shot. I'm not. I'm not leaving. <laughs> well, I'm just. I'm listening. <laughs> the yeah, so it's a, it was a western we shot in, um, outside yep. of Platteville, and then the uh, Lakota uh, uh, Pine Ridge Reservation. 
in South Dakota and in um, Agua Dolce in California. We you, shot. Yeah, I wrote that. You wrote that. Yeah. God, I want yeah. to touch on that too. Your, okay. Your writing cool. process, but go ahead and talk about that. Yeah. And, and, and so how did, he, how did he help you on that film? So he, he, Will's a really good actor. And was he in it? Yeah. He plays a, uh, a Civil War veteran who is just kind of a jerk to the Indians. And I, my character, I'm kind of giving away a little bit of a, what do they call that? Spoiler, a, spoiler alert. alert. Yeah. <laughs> um, I make, because my, my character is called a Wakinya. He's a, like a mixed breed uh, spirit being. So sure. my grandfather was half Seneca of the Iroquois. They're from upstate New York and Canada. The Oneidas are the bro- brother tribe of the five, six nations of the Iroquois. But mm-hmm. so I play this kind of mixed person who is a spirit being, and I make these people kill themselves. I did watch for their, yeah for their sins of how they treated mm-hmm. horribly mistreated the American Indians and the okay. Lakota people uh, in from about eighteen you know sixty to about nineteen hundred and but he 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 was an actor in it okay oh, wow. so yeah did a great job and did some of the soundtrack as well um, I think I'm trying to remember it's been like ten years but but specifically more so his acting talent wait is he is he in Ed Gein as well? Yeah. Is he the guy who plays the guitar? Yeah. Okay. That's it, what, yeah. In the police station? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so that's, yes. that's Will kind of, you can tell how greasy yeah, it's Yeah. Well, when you said greasy, I'm like, yeah, yeah. that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> he didn't Shout have, out, Will. He didn't, have to, he didn't have to sit in the makeup chair that day. <laughs> no. He's naturally greasy. Um, but it's it's weird. Like, he's a, he's like a, a grown adult slip and slide. He's like greasy, <laughs> you know? I remember one time he's got he's got a whole parcel full of kids. His kids were all it was like in the summertime, you know. He's he was he was so greasy. One of the kids uh, jumped on his lap and I slipped right off. He was like like a, a five foot nine slip and slide uh, just because of that grease. It was like it's like, dude, what the fuck is this this grease? Problem? Why are you so slippery? Yeah, why are you like? Yeah, one of these kids literally boom hit the ground, and I'm like, dude, that should be a sign that you're too dangerous. Uh, Your kids are slipping well, off his, his his claim to fame, I guess. Yeah, so. no, and he's all kidding aside, he's really a good guy, and he's very very talented. He's the reason why Ed Gein got resurrected. Yeah, I would true. not have done it if yeah. it wasn't for his, you know. Uh, cajoling and 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 you know mentioning it every couple of weeks we got to do this we got to do this we got to do this and he just wore me down sure my, but my big my yeah. big thanks to will then because i wouldn't have seen it had there not been a real yeah, reason either yeah yeah well, and, and and uh like i said do you, he performed that night that way yeah he went and saw yeah he did he four was, songs he did and, four songs yeah. and they were fun yeah live which were yep. really neat and uh very entertaining. It was just yeah. fun. It was a fun. It, the whole premise you guys put together a great premise. That oh, night. thank you. Uh, you know, just it thank wasn't you. just here's a movie. Sit down, yeah. Jeff, watch it. It was. Yep. We talked, sang, and then yep. entertained us, and then afterward took questions. It was a great night. Oh, it was good, just a great. Night. I am so glad we're going to be doing uh, April one at Time Cinema in Oshkosh. We're going to do the oh. Wisconsin World Tour nice. of Ed Gein the Musical. So we start in Oshkosh. We're going to probably go Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee, Love Madison. Oh, yeah. Milwaukee, yeah. okay. Uh, Madison, and then maybe Wapaka, Stevens Point, Wausau, mm. you know, the central part of the state. 
um in 2023 okay but we're kicking it off with the time cinema one uh april one nice oh perfect so seriously when you go to ed Gein, the musical website you'll have yep. all the dates on there to get tickets that's where i got my tickets and i got a funny story about our tickets but um that's awesome that you're gonna go around because I, I yeah i would definitely we're gonna i would go see it again yeah i want, I want to see it in the because i wasn't able to attend that one so i want yeah, to see it in the on the big screen yeah, yeah. Sure. and and what we really like to do is i was telling this to will too i said wouldn't it be cool if um remember in the old school movies they would have the sing-alongs and that the words would come up in that little yes. bouncing ball that's so if people could start singing yep. with some of the songs and make it really interactive with the audience and and you'll be able to meet the creators and 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 the people behind it and really make it so that it's an engaging full two three like hours the old school road show yeah with like movie theaters school, that yeah. they would do special movies you that bet. they would do road show and yep. tarantino is the only one that i've i've been to one of those oh wow that he, he did with uh uh hateful eight mm-hmm. back in the day but did not oh. many do that road show no. where you have Something before, or after, you know, orchestra before an intermission. Yeah. They give you, they give you something to take. And yeah. So I, you know, that was cool. So it's, it's yeah, I like that. Yeah. The old, I, old I, show. I went to one. Um, Ed Gein the musical was at the Music Box Theater in Chicago, oh, and but classic the, place. But the guy from uh, what is it? Uh, Back to the Future. Um, the Christopher Lloyd. No, no, no. Um, Marty. No, uh, that's my Christopher <laughs> Lloyd, but Doc, and that's my Michael J. Fox. It's about the extent of that, Marty. Um, but he's the guy that's uh, his dad. In, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what's that dude's name? Um, oh, not Chris, Kristen Glover. Crispin, Crispin Glover. Glover. Um, it, he's so, wacko. He's nuts. So he his his movie was before. Uh, ours and oh, wow. so he showed up it was either at music box theater or the oriental in milwaukee i can't remember love it yeah awesome I grew up theater oh i love that place and he was like just kind of like this really odd kind of like yeah oh dan okay <laughs> um damn. so your your film is ed gein <laughs> the musical and uh, my film is before yours. God damn it, dude! Would you get hit in the head? <laughs> he is out there, crazy, and he's just I'm like, I'm. What is your point? I, I like listen to yeah. him for like twenty minutes, and I'm like, what the fuck is your point? Like, I and it, it was funny too because when we traveled with the film we had a 96 minute version this is an 89 minute version or 90 minute version so we'd set our uh stopwatches and then we'd run we'd pretend like we were going to the back to watch it but i hate watching myself so then i'd uh, get on google maps and find the closest bar (laughs) it's we had 90 minutes you know to drink a whole shit ton of beer and then haul ass back for the last few minutes, like we were there all the time. Did you do that in the Menasha one? I, I, the only one that I came in just to watch bits and pieces of, Will had come out to the. I was at the lobby, but I wasn't drinking. Yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> um, <laughs> Punch. Wasn't yeah, much. yeah. And, and so Will comes out, and he's like. Oh man, this crowd is really, really enjoying the comedy. They're laughing all the time. I'm like, what? And so I went in 
and they were like enjoying a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there were some things that they were laughing at that they might not have should have laughed at (laughs) when Ed's mom starts to hit on her son in a sexual manner. That's never funny. Like what the hell? So we're demented. Yeah, so that crowd demented. It was a demented. That was, that was definitely your crowd. That's probably what yeah. I thought. It was a demented crowd. It I was... definitely laughed out loud at the, the chorus of women on the hooks. <laughs> yeah, that was phenomenal. Them. That was phenomenal. And that's what I mean by when you're, and I think you did too when we were watching it. It's just like, where did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, it's so, one thing to write the movie, right. but yeah. then, and, and that's great. I'm going to ask you this. So you wrote the movie, but at the time, did you write? the hook thing or yeah. as you were filming said no this would be a great was, addition to it, what I, or improvise as yeah, you go. i'm really uh fortunate and really blessed to be able to visualize before i put pen to paper either my books or screenplays it's fully actualized in my brain okay it's complete so when i'm able to jump on it i can get it done in you know a full 90 page screenplay in two or three weeks and just crank it right out because it's already been already fully it. fleshed out in my brain. Now you sound like and, a director. Yeah, you know, I I wouldn't mind getting into directing, but I, I I'm more of a, a, a an actress coach director. Okay. I would really need um, an amazing cinematographer, a, a director of photography who is just amaze balls who has got it and there's so many good ones out there that can deconstruct. They can take a look at the um, screenplay. They've already visualized everything. Mm -hmm. And then they explain it in great detail. Every one of the scenes, I would have to have somebody like that because I'm, I wouldn't be good at any of those things. I'd be good at maybe uh, extruding a good uh, performance. I'm an actor. I'm, I'm, I'm really fortunate and, and very, blessed to be able to do that so if i did direct it it would be just from like an acting perspective okay but i might eventually yeah, get into them and uh i got one more question on again then i'd like to move on to your other things because you've done so much and not that we want to stop i could talk about again all night but <laughs> uh i know at one point i think if you if i remember correctly you had actual photos of the house yeah and they were in the movie and you you decided to take it out and what the what do those look like? So um, actually, that was Will's uh, decision. Okay. Yep. Because he, when, when SRS Cinema came in, Will had to kind of do a uh, a tightening edit. And so the so if I would have seen it in 2010, yeah. they would have been in there. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, okay. It, they're so disturbing. My bad. My bad. It takes you out of the moment in a bad way. Yeah. Sure. It, it, it literally it's a sickening those photos there's an actual lady who is um gutted and she's up on like this cross in his oh. uh barn and she's completely gutted and it's just it's so disturbing and so sick that it it just puts a pa- uh, a pal a uh uh, a horrible black cloud over you when you see those photos. It's moving forward. I, yeah, I, I get and, that. and it would take you out of that moment. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, when he explained it, that makes yeah. sense. I thought you did that in 2010. No, no he did it. Gotcha. He was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that we even did that originally." <laughs> yeah, and they were from those photos. Well, they were from a book by uh, Judge Robert Galmer, who okay. was the judge of his, I think from. 
it was either 57 or 1968 was the judge. And then he wrote a book about um, Ed Gein. Okay. You know, and it's uh, the world's or the, the world's most shocking murderer, whatever, yeah, Ed yeah. Gein. And so he had all those photos. I remember as a kid, like 11, 12 years old, reading it. Which oh, you probably should see them too. Yeah, it was kind of those. Did you see? You know, every, yeah. As a boy, yeah. showing other hey, people. Yeah. Hey, can, we, can we stop and focus on the fact that at eleven years old, he was reading the story about a game <laughs> and looking at these photos? Yeah, I do yeah, remember. But yeah, I, I, and I was about that age. Wow. Yeah, because yeah. I think it came out in maybe seventy seven, seventy eight. That that book came out. You know, and and then yeah. if, and if you think about the original book, is Psycho. And that was written by Robert Block, who's actually who lived in Wyoiga for a time, right near Plainfield, but he was he also did. in Milwaukee. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, I knew the book came from there. And yeah, like, so the, one they, of my top ten movies of yeah, all time. The actual the motel from the film, and in the book, what they used to have the uh, the Wyoiga Motel. Yeah, it's right on the lake. It's the exact carbon copy it of is. it. Yeah, yeah, oh, and the, even the Psycho yeah. House. Because what uh, uh, Alfred Hitchcock did was take all of his set designers and people, artistic designers, and they went to Plainfield, but there was nothing there. But the next biggest city over is Wapaka, you know, 5,000 people compared to, you know, 400. And the Psycho House, they were taking photos yep. of this house in Wapaka. So it's the, the, the house that they built for the movie Psycho is one based literally off of a, a photograph of a home in Wapaka. Oh, shit. Wow. Okay. I didn't know, I didn't yeah. know either. Yeah. So there's a really cool history, you yes. know, from it. And and that kind of set the stage that, that Psycho, the movie, is so – it was the first of its type to be – like the shock in mm -hmm. schlock and very disturbing. And it set a precedence for all the other horror movies to come. It, it did. And it, and, and I know some people that would see it today would be like, this is nothing. Yeah. Fuck you. It's one of the greatest movies ever yeah. made. And it, yeah. the, you've got to put your mindset at the time it came out. What, yeah. It what was, year yeah. Did it? What year? 1960. Okay. Oh. Yeah. My mom was, I think she was like a senior in high school when it came out. And she said, um, she said it was funny because her friends didn't want to take showers. Yeah. After <laughs> after after that came out, yeah. and Elver Hitchcock made every theater if you could not, you weren't allowed if the movie started. Let you oh, really? showed up late. Yeah. They didn't let you come in. Wow. Late. Yeah. He he said, and and he actually had a like a talking stand up of him yeah. sign saying, "You're not allowed in the theater once it starts, and please don't." Uh, say what you heard when you leave the theater and yeah. talk about it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Every theater that at the time, because there weren't as many. Yeah. 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 yeah, they had all had this, this whole thing. And I know he bought up all of Robert Block's books, yes. too. Yeah. Because he didn't want people to know the ending. The ending. The surprise ending. And yeah, crazy. Wow. He, and then, he did. He bought the book and then he bought all of them off. Yeah. yeah. Bought them. He figured out all the, the bookstores that had them and had people go out and buy yeah. every single copy. Wow. Yeah, he, he was, was genius. That, yeah, that protective in that that movie, like like you said, Fitz is. I absolutely love that oh, film. It's genius. I can watch it. it you know how they made the sound of the knife going into the body? It was like a knife going into a watermelon. <laughs> Don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and if you if you if you visualize that as you hear it, you yeah. can see it. The, the knife going into the watermelon. No, but that, but that scene, you got yeah the the shot, sour sheet. 
Shower cream. Shower cream? Penetration of the night. Yeah. No, like you the, the sound. Going. Yeah. My God, she was yeah. stabbed. I saw 12 stuff, you know, yeah, right. stabs. Yeah. I never saw one. No, not so one. Amazing yeah, guy. he just, he, Hitchcock was amazing. He even put his own money into that mm-hmm. film. Um, and it's funny when uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins played him, um, we got a Hitchcock, little bit of yep. a second life uh, at Gain the Musical because oh, nice. uh, Time Magazine and all these magazines did. These are all the representations of Ed Gein throughout the years, starting from 1960, you know, from Psycho. Sweet. And that movie is basically about Psycho, in yep. essence. It's, you know, how he put his house up. And and went to the bank and said, you know, I this is collateral in my home. But you know, if you lose money on this film, you lose your home. And he's like, I know that. Yeah. So it's it's really cool. But it was neat to be amongst all those guys. Um, Absolutely. That dude. were based on, you know, even from Silence of the Lambs, yeah. um, was Hannibal Lecter and, and uh what's the other one? Uh Oh, the guy from Spock from the the new uh, Star Wars plays a Ed Gein like character on a TV show from a few years ago. Oh. So there was yeah, what's his, Zachary Quinto or oh, yeah, Quinto yeah, or, yeah. um, but yeah, that was really really cool. Not, but, uh, Jeffrey, not Jeffrey Dahmer. No, no, not the new one. But no, but, but we're getting some ancillary kind of buzz from the Jeffrey yeah, Dahmer yeah. stuff because they mention Ed Gein. Sure. In it, so then it's just like the interviews that I'm doing. They're like. Uh, well, is it true that, you know, Wisconsin is, you know, uh, you're among, not you're among friends, but you're among fiends, <laughs> you know, and, and because they bring that up, you know, you, they bring up the two of the most well-known, most depraved killers in really? history are Dahmer and Gein. It's crazy. And man. they're both Wisconsinites. Is it our cheese? Is it our bratwurst? Is it because is it most the of the time we're inebriated? Yeah, that might be, that might be. You know, why? Is it something in the water? Well, it can't be, you know, I mean, it's funny because one's in the country and one's in the city. So, you know, yeah. it's not, you can't pinpoint it to think. No, like one's real. Hey, we're famous. Yeah, yeah. My gotta, daughter, my daughter. Gotta be famous for something. Yeah, and my daughter was, uh, went to school in San Antonio. And so they were teasing her because they were Dahmer, you know, because it came on, they were watching the series and they're all like, Wisconsin, you know, and they, for a while, she's like, yeah, they were call me. They'd be like, hey, Dahmer's here. And she's like, no, no, call me that. I, I did a film called Tempting Fate, and there was an actor on set who was because Dahmer was originally from Ohio mm-hmm. and then moved, I think, when he was like 14 or 15 to Milwaukee. Sure. And but he uh, this actor is was from his hometown. As a matter of fact, uh, Jeffrey lived two houses down. Oh, wow. And there was one summer where everyone lost their dogs. So he was killing. So yes. Dahmer killed his family's dog. Oh, Jesus. But it wasn't just he was killing one. animals before yeah, he right, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like, what? And then Ambrosia so we're, uh, chocolate, right? We're a happy show. And we talk about happy things. <laughs> it was so nice of her to invite us down. And uh, it was a cute, cute station. Yeah. They were really nice. Um, She's the best. But the funny yeah. thing was, they were like, uh, yeah, well, come on down. And we're going to have you on after Artemis um, Artemis Pyle or Ar- Artemis Pyle from yeah. Leonard Skinner. Yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. So in my head, I'm going, fuck, we're going to meet Artemis Pyle. Yeah. From Leonard Skinner. So I ran out to exclusive. I bought this Leonard Skinner record. I'm like, I'm going to have oh, sign cool. my record. Yeah. You know, I, it, cool. So he literally pull up park. And then all of a sudden he goes, I wonder if he's calling in. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Uh, 
damn it we walk in yeah sure enough uh i'm like you'll be in the waiting room no yeah he called in so anyway uh, i got a cool album out of it yeah but, um, yeah it's that was on uh with john waters on uh oh national, right. yeah national public radio for uh to the best of our knowledge did you get to and, like at the same time and no talk he, to him? he had been in already and then left Oh, um, and I came in. What and I said, oh, you just missed John Waters. I was like, why didn't you guys have me come in about half an hour earlier? Yes. I said, I wouldn't have minded, you know, meeting him and waiting. Yeah, you know what the hell? I mean, so I was a little disappointed, but he, John, was talking about a film that he wanted uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Johnny Depp to play brothers. That are it's it's based on a true story about this these two families in Baltimore that have um a meat market the butcher shop okay and it's the in the 50s and 60s these two families were at war with each other <laughs> to get customers and and it's based on a true story and, and he wanted downey jr and yeah, yeah. to play these brothers, brothers dueling you know with the, the family because they married into oh. the whatever opposite family or whatever yeah, so yeah. like very very cool very strange and i'm like that should have been made into a film that'd have been hilarious yeah, it would have been yeah and so he loves and he, he loves baltimore you know yeah anything. he does all all his movies are baltimore. He, always yeah he's such a, a fanatic of the he hasn't done anything for quite a while no he has thing. i think he, well, he's probably in his mid-70s yeah yeah. yeah, he's not a young guy anymore, you know, and it it takes a lot out of you. Oh, I bet, I you bet know? you should know because yeah, as we as as I find out, good segue as we <laughs> find out from uh, you know doing a little research on you that what don't you do? Holy Christ, you got your you know you not only just acting and stuff, but in a lot of stories, you know. As I went, well, can I just stop? Because <laughs> you because you are the first American to ever be awarded a Golden Movie Award. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, come on. Yeah, that was in, in two thousand. Yeah, two thousand seventeen. Okay, and um, so they had they had called up and sent an email that said you're nominated. Nice, but you're the first. Oh, I wasn't the first to be nominated because Vivica Fox, oh, the Ooh. actress and the company. Oh uh, yeah, um, Vivica Fox and this other african-american american actress okay uh, was also nominated so i was the third american to be nominated but i was the first to ever win it as an american gotcha. and to be honest with you i, I was watching it because it was live and the i think bbc nigeria had it and and so you could pick it up online and it was kind of coming in kind of coming out you know oh. like it wasn't the best strongest whatever uh stream of it and when they said my name i was like like what the hell did they just say me <laughs> and and then my director shows up and uh ay makun not director but the writer for the film shows up in the star he's like i want to thank you know this is for dan davis <laughs> i'm davies <laughs> you mispronounced my, my last name but it was nice you know because then he accepted it and, and i'm, I'm thinking nice. well shit that's a really cool award that's that must that's probably worth a few bucks you know, not that i would sell it or anything like that but i am gonna sell it just kidding, no. so i was like well, well, right well, shit, you know? Wisconsin. yeah yeah so i'm like wow well, they should really send that to me so then i got hold of the golden movie people in uh lagos nigeria and accra ghana and they said no mr davies we're putting this in a museum wow and i'm like what and so they're they're crafting or in the process of crafting a nollywood style 
museum, um, you know, for film in, I think it, in either Lagos, Nigeria or Accra, Ghana. And they said, no, we're, we're going to, it's going to be in a museum. I'm like, well, shit, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, because you were the first to win it. Well, or... I just, I think it was maybe, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Because now, now Nollywood is, is on the world map. Not, yeah. Not because of me. It's more so because of Danny Glover and Eric Roberts and, and, and those guys. But, um, but I, I'm still the number one American actor in their history, which is wow. pretty cool. So maybe it's that had something cool. to do with the, for box office. So that's really, really cool. So I was like, well, shit, you know, you know, museum. Yeah, you know, that's cool as hell. So I never got it. And then okay. and I'm still kind of waiting on this museum to be built. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't just <laughs> some, some nasty lie. But when it's built, it, you'll yeah, be there forever. Yeah, I'm straight. I, and I'm going to go visit it. And I'll be all like drunk. Oh, I got to tell you guys something. The beer in Nigeria, there is a beautiful uh, brewery. That, so you've been there before? Yeah. Oh, lots. In, oh, okay. In, for, for films and, and things in Ghana and in Nigeria. And but they have it's called Star Beer. Okay. But and I think Heineken bought it, but they still brew it at the Star Brewing Company in Lagos, Nigeria. And it is, it's a a Pilsner, a lager. Mm -hmm. That's like a pale ale. It is so freaking refreshing. Oh, wow. It is so good. And they serve them in these bottles that are just like massive. You know, it's just like, yeah, Skitties twice. Or, or... Uh, they're probably 26 okay. ounce oh, bottles. And and they're just they're just really good. And I, and I was a little bit afraid, you know, because we're, we're snobs. We're beer snobs in Wisconsin. Yeah. Well... And now, you know, with this beautiful Stone Arch beer, um, it's like, but I tasted it. And I went, this is freaking awesome. I was like, keep them coming. <laughs> <laughs> 26 ounces at a time. Let's go. Be yeah. able to ship it here or no? Um, I should, I find, her. I should cool. find out because Heineken bought it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or no Guinness. Hopefully they don't ruin right. it. Yeah. Well, Guinness Either won't. Guinness or Heineken bought it. Maybe it was Guinness actually okay. that bought it. So they're not going to mess it up. Right. No, they'll no. let the, the brewmasters there keep their recipe and do what they're doing because they shouldn't change anything about right. it. It's really, really good. But I'm glad we're talking about these beers and Stone Arch, Scottish. And there you go. Grab another one. Oh, I'll have one. Thank pop, you. Pop. Um, yeah. So, so there you go. And the film that you, you wanted for? That was called A Trip to Jamaica, and that was on Netflix from 2020 to yeah. 2022, um, January of this, this past January. So I rented that. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> God damn it. It's so bad. You can be honest, Fitz. It's a horrible, shitty film. I'd much rather have- Did I tell you? Did I tell you? I'd, I'd much rather have painful dentistry- then watch it. What what happened I with just, that movie? It's just so no. Bad. Can we can I clarify real quick? It, it, it's not it's not you in the movie. Well, it, thank it's you. It's everything around just you. It's, it's crappy. Because for one point, I'm like, okay, you're the villain in the movie. Yeah, you know, great. Yeah. And then Eric Roberts shows up. Yeah, and now he's, he's the villain. Yeah, he's my boss. And then Sir Paul Campbell, the and then Jamaican some... actor, who's, who's knighted. Oh, <laughs> okay. Then, yeah. 
He's he's another bad guy. Yeah. But then AY, they they're speak they're speaking also pigeon, which is I couldn't understand. I, I when I was acting against him, he would say this stuff, and I'm like, I don't know how to respond. You my, is this so my cue? Am I, am I supposed to laugh? Am I am I happy? Am I sad? Are you just telling me to fuck off and jump off a bridge? Or they're saying about the front your there penis is really small. Where a bunch of were talking, and he was in the middle of some. It must be the knighted guy, I think. Yeah. And I, at first, they started the scene started, and I went, "Oh, it's like a joke." Yeah. And it kept going and kept going. I'm like, "No, this is real." Yeah. It's and. And at some point, I said, "Oh, I'll finish this in a little bit." And I haven't finished it yet. It's horrible. <laughs> I, it premiered at the uh, the largest. What are you won for it, yeah. Because if you're good in it, thank you, thank you. I uh, mean, you were bad at it. Yeah, it was. And uh, you're mean. Yeah, you, mean, uh, mean to your wife. Wife, yeah, it was a wife beaten mob guy. Yeah, and just yeah. real. The, my my director Robert Peters, really a good guy. He's six foot three, three hundred pounds of solid muscle. Mm. And, excuse me. In America, when you when you portray a bad guy it's all about the nuance so if i'm looking at you and i'm like fits i'll give you two choices okay the first choice you can either be my friend and your second choice is i will kill you you that's how you would deliver it in hollywood there are no nuances i'm going to kill you some shit motherfucking and it's just like so they they you have to play like it's theatrical like it's yeah, really big yeah yeah and i can so see that he'd now scream at me he'd be like dad dad what are you doing and like and i'd have to like get to be he I, that was real that that anger that you see in my eyes yeah is because of my director I was pissed off at him <laughs> he kept screaming at me use that energy for that but it was weird when it premiered at the the largest imax of the continent of africa and like wow 90 feet across yeah 50 feet tall 60 Jesus. feet tall and there's a thousand people there and most of them are paparazzi and my co-star is sitting next to me and she's from london via nigeria and and say uh ekbe itim is her name and and is like she knows I'm like hating the film. God damn it. And she's like, Dan, Dan, if you run out screaming, all 1000 paparazzi are going to take a photo of you screaming and running out of your film. You stay the fuck next to me. (laughs) Okay. And I literally watched it like deer in the headlight. This is the worst thing I've ever seen in my whole fucking life. This is terrible. <laughs> but they, they loved it, it over there. And 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 Netflix picked it up and it but became they love a it. top top 10 international comedy. Oh my god. Repeatedly, like monthly, they had their own metric, their yeah. own algorithm. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with people? <laughs> but he was a big star, the guy that <laughs> AY the, the yeah, AY is massive. Yeah. AY is just he's the Jackie Chan of, okay, of Africa. Okay. He's massively huge it's weird too my joke is when i go to africa in some parts of europe yeah people recognize me in in wisconsin nine bartenders and my garbage man (laughs) know me and that's about it you know 
Dan, what are you drinking? Come on in. Yeah. You know, and my garbage man likes me because I'm very fastidious about recycling. He's always like, he's always, hey, Dan, I, I want to talk to you. First of all, we want to thank you for always doing everything correct with your garbage and your recycling. And if I had a a badge or a, a, a an award or a trophy that I could give you for being the best recycling and garbage person in the city of Appleton, I'd give it to you. Oh my God! Yeah, they put, like, they put that in the museum too. Award you can put on yes. your resume. The best damn recycling bitch in Hamilton. Shit. <laughs> but yeah, in Africa, in in Nigeria and Ghana, especially, I can't walk the streets. That's awesome. I tried. I tried to jog one time when I was there, and the guy's like, "Um, we're suggesting you not do that." And I'm like, "What? Come on, guys! I got to get an exercise." He's like. No, he said, remember when you guys went to that soccer match, the football match, they 150, maybe 200 people uh, bum rushed the Mercedes Benz van that we're in and they were pushing it. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, it was like the Beatles, you know, know, I was like, what the hell? And the driver rolls the window down. He's got a freaking handgun and he just shows it. And then somebody says, Mr. Driver has a handgun. <laughs> like doing a horrible impersonation of them. And then they all like scatter and then he's able to go. And I'm like, this is absolutely crazy. fucked up. Wow. Yeah, it was nuts. How did you yeah. get hooked up with, with film yeah. over there? I, it's so West of Thunder was at the Toronto Film Festival and had, had done a pretty good film uh, festival uh, tour, winning things and all kinds of things. Yeah. And the director... Uh, is Kevin Wanko, and he's from Nigeria, but lives in uh, Atlanta, had, had read some articles about the film and reached out and said, hey, Dan, we're doing this film, um, probably can't pay you as much as some of these other films, but we heard about Toronto and all the film festivals and congratulations, would you, you don't even have to audition, you just, you no. know, could you, could you do this? And um that was originally tempting fate. So I'm getting him except. So there was an African film prior to uh, sure, a trip to Jamaica. Sure. Tempting fate actually isn't a halfway decent. It's a halfway good film. It's halfway decent. Not sure, great. Sure. But okay. Kevin, but... that's the reason. But, but he, when he said it, he goes, can you do a Russian? I want you to be a Russian mobster in this film. I said, hell yeah, I can. And then I'm, I'm, I'm now as an actor, you're like, I've never done it before. But no, I always say yes. Always say yes. Right? Yeah, always say yes. You can learn it. So it was with my buddies. And I, I tried my Russian accent. But do you guys remember Yakov Smirnov? Yes. The, the, the Russian. Yeah. In America, people drive cars as big as tanks. In Russia, tanks drive over people. <laughs> Just like, you know. So every time I do the Russian accent, I sounded like a drunk Yakov Smirnoff. And I'm like, hell, damn it. So then I call the director, Kevin. I go, Kevin, I, ha- I had an epiphany. He's like, oh, tell me. I said, it shouldn't be Russian, but he should be from Kazakhstan, which used to be part of the Russian, the USSR, yeah, used to be yeah. part of the Soviet Union. And th- their people are, you know, badass and this. And he goes, Oh, and I told him the history. He goes, we'll do the accent. And I did the accent. And their accent is like, it's always difficult when people come to me and they talk and they want me to be a part of the film. So I did this thing and he's like, shit, that's it. Okay. So I did it as a person from Kazakhstan instead of Russia because I couldn't do my rock. <laughs> In America. <laughs> you know, that guy. He's still alive, I think. 
I think he has too, but yeah. I, who knows? He was big for a while. <laughs> but to make a long story short, that's hilarious. Like, um, that's yeah. He had seen one of the films at one of the film festivals, and I, I was up for an award. And he was like, "Yeah, would we could pay you this for for, for the film, and we'll have a an opening in Lagos, Nigeria, and we'll fly everybody there." Which was great cool. experiences, though. Weren't it they was all? awesome. It was. I've been there about half a dozen times, and then COVID kind of put you know an end oh, to sure. that type of travel especially to some of the uh african you know and asian countries you know sure. but uh it was fun it was a great time do it again if they, i mean oh hells yeah yeah but you know with flights when you're in your 20s and 30s and 40s flying is fun you're just like <laughs> guess what i'm gonna do first? i'm going on an aeroplane <laughs> they got snacks cookies and crackers yep and coffee and you can order drinks if you want you know you're all like excited and then you hit a certain age it's like fuck this sucks especially if you're over six feet you're like ah yeah i have to be moved off of a plane about uh not not off of the plane but in a different area yeah yeah because i was they flew me in coach and there was a 300-pound dude and a 350-pound dude, and I'm like 240. And the, the stewardess comes by and says, oh, hey, gentlemen, how are you? I'm like, we're fine. And we're like this, kind of scrunched up. One guy, they both have their hands on my knees. And I'm like, hell, oh, damn it. And she's like, okay, the captain is going to have a little problem here. And I'm like, what? Well, you guys outweighed on this side of the plane <laughs> more than everybody on this side. Oh, my so goodness. So would one of you guys – I went, I'll move. I'll move. Yeah, right? And so I moved, and the two guys were like high-fiving. They're like, thanks, man, thanks. And then I, I sat, but because I was the one who volunteered to move, then I got all kinds of freebie stuff, like the stewardesses come and like, oh. Danny, would you like a little wine? Oh. Would you like a little beer? We got Heinekens. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, bring it. Bring it. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. And it pays the volunteer, right? <laughs> yeah. Suffer. Yeah. You suffered. You volunteered yeah, to suffer. Did. But but to make a long story short, if if the flights because it, it it's 18 hours. Oh. You're in a plane for 18 hours. Holy fuck. You know, it's crazy. It's yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. I get it nuts. now. That, yeah, know, like okay. What I tried to do on some of the flights, I'll get up <sighs> in front to stretch my legs because you yeah. don't want to start cramping up or get a blood clot or whatever. I was there for one flight, got up in front and started doing my exercises. And this, this gentleman was there and he said, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just stretching out my legs. Can I join you? Is this, <laughs> is this like aerobics? Um, I'm like, yeah, you can join me. So then he got up there and then these two ladies got up there. So we had four people. <laughs> And I was doing um, squats and I was doing calf raises and they were like following suit. And then You're everybody leading was like, well, on yeah, the plane. yeah. And I said, for you older people there, just keep moving your legs as much as you want. You don't have to be up here doing what I'm doing, but keep your legs moving. Yeah. And so everybody was doing this. And it was like, the, boom. Yeah. Something put, else to your resume. Yeah, we, I put the air in aerobics. You want to leave the aerobics on the flight to Belize? Uh, I'll do that. <laughs> Is that where you guys are gonna go we're going in january nice oh cool why belize wow why belize tina bachraff oh okay tina bachraff i don't know why i just got play by play play who has not been on we want you on team watch (laughs) um she she was in belize and she we uh we sent her a tank top and we're like if you'll promote us yeah you don't have to come on we'll send you the tank top so she's like i do i will i'll wear it when i'm in belize 
And then we got talking about all taking a vacation somewhere. And it started with Costa Rica. I've been to Costa Rica and love Costa Rica. And then I'm like, well, Tina's mentioned Belize. Let's look into that. And it was really cheap. So. Oh, cool. I was like, all right, cool. let's go there. So, oh, cool. so the day I booked it, I thought it was an island. I had no idea yeah. it was in yeah. Central America. Central America. Yeah, I yeah. it was in the Caribbean. <laughs> Aren't they a good coffee producing country? Probably. I, th- I think they are. You guys should really, but I would love that. I would love it if it yeah. was. I was looking up the other day and I saw a coffee shop where we are, but only one. Well, I saw a brewery that has a barge. What? Yes. Wow. You had me at hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He could use a room if you want to come down. <laughs> How long are you guys going for? So we are literally, films. so there's um six nights, three couples and me. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm so on the seventh wheel. Mm-hmm. We are on the seventh wheel. Yeah. Um, but for six days, for a week, you're going to be down there. Yeah, yeah. Monday hmm. through Sunday. Be c- kind of cool to document it and film it, right? We're, we're, we'll yeah, do we'll definitely stuff, yeah. do some stuff on the phones. We're not going to bring down all the equipment, but we'll do some stuff on the phones and you yeah, know, we'll record stuff. Yeah, cool. live stuff. That's and awesome. And, and, and yeah. promote. Oh, the weather will we, be perfect we do that. too. A lot of times when we travel, we'll go somewhere. We do so yeah. bad when we travel. We are bad, but yeah, we get fucked up when we forget. I know, I know. It's just it's vacation time. Yeah, we forget. Yeah, the it's, yeah it's, it's cocktail. Yeah, when I lived in Las Vegas, Jeez. you would ask, and and it was funny because, uh, I I was a, a regular, and I'd always play uh blackjack was my game in this uh, three card poker. And which I, your chances are halfway decent when you do those two games, but I would go, the waitresses would give me a beer and I'd say, Oh, I'm from Wisconsin. Could you give me two? And she's like, Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> and my Spanish was actually halfway decent. So it would, and they have a lot of Latina yeah. and Latino waiters and waitresses. And so I would speak and then they go to eres Cubano. They thought I was Cuban. And I'm like, no, I just looked like that Dosa Keys guy or whatever. <laughs> you know? And then you uh, play up once in a while. Yeah, I do. Yeah. For the, but, but the, the one time when I was playing, the um, uh, dealer was like, sir, you can't do that. But I was tipping them like $5 every single time they'd bring two beers. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm from Wisconsin. And and he's just kind of staring at me. His pit boss, this huge guy is behind him. And he goes, What'd you say? I go, I'm from Wisconsin. And he looks at the the dealer and says, This, this fucker's fine. No <laughs> way. Yeah. I he's like the reputation. Yeah. He's guy. just like, he's great. He's good. Don't worry about it. He can handle he can handle two at a time. Yeah. And it was funny too that I met a bartender there who's from the Bronx and he was like, uh, yeah, I remember when all you fuckers came. Uh, when the badges in a fucking bowl in Las Vegas bowl, none of you fuckers had ever been in a bowl game. And since Rose Bowl of 1960, well, you fuckers came. He's like, you fuck every other. Then he goes, you drank the city out of brandy and you drank the city out of beer. <laughs> Who the fuck does that? We had to go to Reno. Oh, my to, God. To get more beer and brandy. <laughs> There was also there was also a big controversy for that because the light the power went out at the stadium that day yeah. and fucked all the bets up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know, but that's we yeah. are we are, we do yeah. get our name in it's the paper. So, don't we? It's I'm so proud of us. Yeah, the 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 uh, 51 of the top 70 drunkest areas in the U.S. It's actually 51 of the top 60 either counties Jeez. or areas are right in Wisconsin. Yeah. There's a couple in Iowa, a couple in South Dakota, but we Indiana. We we're, we kind of rule the roost. We just it's just crazy. Yeah, you know, the, Appleton's the drunkest city in the United States oh. by Time Magazine and uh, USA Today. 
<laughs> the drunkest city in the United States. It's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. And, and we're part of it. I know. I'm proud of that. I don't know about you guys, but I'm proud. I am too. Sorry. Stone Arch is proud, part of it too. <laughs> and you contribute, Stone Arch. <laughs> so as long as we're talking about Appleton. Yes. First person. 10 people, 10 stories, 10 Appleton locations. Tell yep. me about that. I want to... So I work with so, a, so interesting. Oh, I work with this amazing director, Len Ebb. His uh, full name is Len Bruso, but he goes by the name Len Ebb. He's originally from New York, went, got his master's at UCLA in film directing. Um, he's got over 60 Hollywood credits, and he fell in love with a Wisconsinite, a person from the Fox Cities. Right. Ah. So they get married. They have a whole bunch of kids. He moves back, and now he's the head of video at Miller Electric, but he still does these fun little films. And they're cool. just like every year he's got a new project, and and it's it's an honor. He asks me to be in them, and it's usually stories about – my life that he kind of makes and puts on the big screen. First person was the only one that wasn't, I was one of 10 stories. Okay. Yes. And I told a story about my grandfather. Oh, nice. um, when he went to school at university of Wisconsin, Madison, and uh, he uh, under scholarship as uh, a native American, half native American, half Scots Irish. And he tells a story that he was living in new London. They're from new London. Oh, actually. okay. And so he was dating my grandma at the time and his family was poor. So he'd have to hitch a ride from Madison to new London, but nobody would pick up the guy with the dark, dark hair, dark, dark eyes, dark, dark skin. Sure. Nobody, but his best friend from new London was a year older, was on the football team and he was a letter winner. And he, and my grandpa was like 150 pounds. His best friend was 250 pounds. And he gives them, he says, if you wear a Wisconsin bad, your letter jacket people love the badgers yes. and they will pick you up so my my grandpa goes well you know you're about 100 pounds heavier it doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't so matter my grandpa tries the jacket on he's like swimming in it but he's like wow oh, what the hell so he walks out of his dorm and he said it was almost like in slow motion puts his thumb up I believe this family it. stops uh husband and wife gets in the back seat and grandpa's saying the owner, the driver is looking in the rear view mirror at my grandfather's probably. And they didn't have any people of color on the team. They didn't have any Indians, Mexicans, or blacks oh, okay. in the thirties. This is 1933. Oh, gotcha. So, so they're staring at my grandfather for a couple of reasons. Well, I think this boy's got some Indian in him and wait, he's, he's so little. What position does he play? So he says, can I ask you a question? My grandpa goes, sure. He goes, what position are you on the football team? And my grandfather would say, I'm the kicker. <laughs> you know? Perfect. And then he would then he would joke later on, he'd say, I'm the kicking T because he was so small. <laughs> but he said, and then the story in this first person is that he, he would tell us later, he said, I wish people would have seen, not seen me for the color of my hair, the color of my eyes, the color of my skin, or even the color of that huge red Wisconsin Badger sure. letter in that letter jacket. He said, I wish people would have seen me for the color of my soul. Yeah. And that always struck a chord with me. I was like, wow. Yeah. And, but he said the, the racism was always, it, it was latent. It wasn't over. People didn't even understand. There were people that in the thirties believed that all Indians were dead and gone. Oh, sure. That they were genocide, you know, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Or okay. people come up to him and go, do you live in a teepee? No, I live in a brick home in New <laughs> London, Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, just shit like that. Yeah, it yeah, was always yeah. subtle and it was always not overt, but just enough to get under your skin. Yeah. So, and then yeah. you, did, 
stupidity, but yeah, did they what they knew? That's what they, yeah, that's I, what I they guess knew. they kind of knew, yeah. you know, from yep. you know, it's to actually say to someone, yeah, oh, really, you live in a teepee, yeah, at this day and age, yeah, but 1933, yeah, so it's, it's 1933, I get yeah, that at that time, but yeah. still at that time, that's. All they, I guess they saw you from bet. movies and yep, yep, there wasn't a thing. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. And so it was, but he, I think because of that, um, I think he dropped out after about a year, year and a half. Oh, okay. And he was super bright. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was brilliant. Well, the so. statement that you just said was really it, the color of the soul. I've never yeah. heard that like yeah. put that way. Color yeah. of the soul. Color of really, the soul. I've always yep. heard similar things, yeah, but never but put color that way. of the soul. And and it's, so it's that's so first person. Um, yeah. So Len crafted the this as Appleton is like the eleventh star of that. So it's oh. it's in uh, ten different locations. Yeah, yeah, all around Appleton, more of the iconic locations of Appleton. And, excuse me, and it's personal stories from ten different people. That's what's cool. Yeah. So there's some people that had some tragedies. Some people that just had some interesting childhood stories. Uh, one gentleman suffers from Tourette syndrome. And oh, okay. um, so when he asked you, did he say what? How did he present to you what story he wanted to hear from you? He he had Project, already or did he say anything you want? Yeah. He, he but he had already heard some of these before these okay. stories about my grandfather and and just some of my stuff. And he, and he said, what about that? You talked about your grandfather at Okay, Madison at Wisconsin, and I went. Yeah, that's a that's a cool story. So he knew about it quite yet. Yeah, okay. he already knew, and okay. I think he kind of already knew a lot of because he's friends with just about everybody on that first person. Okay, okay. So he kind of knew their story, or at least a bit of it. So where can we find that? Um, uh, and and that's a good question. Spot, but I I know I'd love to watch it. It's yeah. a short film. Yes. Um, and I just know from a lot of people we've had on. Yeah, short films are hard to find. I yeah. wish yeah. it was just a like a maybe I'll start that a, a website. website yeah, like all I is short films. Shorts. Oh yeah, yeah. But, and if you don't know, and I'd be I'd love to promote it's it. Actually, it um, uh, okay, hold on just a second. Um, it's. It's actually I was trying to find it. Yeah, um it, and, I, and it's I don't think it's on his his website. Oh. But but if you can you guys can we cut right now? I'm gonna, I'll get a hold of him real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah. Is that yeah? yeah is that, is sure. that okay? And we'll we'll, we'll and I'll come use back. the bathroom again too. Yeah, we'll come sure. back and tell you where to find it. Yeah. I'll try that out. Excuse me. I'm so perfect. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're yeah, sure. there. yeah, so it's um if you look under Len Yeah, Bruce. So it, it first is, person. There you go. Sure. Yeah, so it on his uh, IMDb, he might have those. Um, you know, links to watch it. Yeah, I'm trying to look. He might have some links to watch it. First person is, and the, name, is the name of the short. That's fairly yeah. new, isn't it? Isn't, yeah, it just yeah. Um, but but I think it might even give you a link to his uh, website as well because I think it would just under Len Ebb or Len Brusa. But his his parents were from Cuba. And okay. they, they um, escaped Cuba oh, no. on a raft and got to uh, Florida, you know, got to Miami and then moved from Miami to New Jersey or New York. And that's where he went to school. Um, but, yeah, his story is really kind of cool. Okay. okay. Yeah, and he's a super nice guy, and too. And he's around here. And that's, well, it's, yeah. it's, it's cool that he's doing yeah. what he loves still around yeah. the area. And that, and that's what I love about you is that you're doing yeah. your shit that you love around yeah. this area. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm I'm a homer. You know, I'm I love 
all Wisconsin sports. I love, I hate our winners, but uh, other than that, I, I love everything about Wisconsin. I love everything about Appleton. Yeah. It's a good sized city. It has a good uh, entertainment district. It has great music. It has great restaurants and, and fun bars and great places to go and to. Theater, and, even got, yeah. It's even got theater. Even yeah. Though performing I mean, arts. Many, yeah. Uh, play is at, yeah, you know at the, the PAC, at the PA, yeah, or the yeah. PA, no, we're uh, in Menasha. Oh, Menasha, we're yeah, UW they Oshkosh. Have, uh, they yeah, have uh, cities, four plays a year, or yeah. something like that, and they're on a many super, super great. I've Susan Rabido and and all those people at the the UW Oshkosh Fox Cities. It's a great community to yeah. to live, and if you have kids, it's perfect. Yeah, for sure. The low crime. Uh, just people are nice. People are cool. And people leave you alone. I like just being, when I'm at home, I'm very reclusive. And I just don't, you know, it's nice. You yeah. know, it's just, I don't, you know, entertain. I just, when I'm home, I'm home, yeah. you know. And So so you're at home and you're going to write. Where, where do you start? Where, where, why, what pick, what gets in your brain that says, I'm going to write us something about that. Cause you'd mentioned before how you yeah. visualize it all. Yeah. So it starts with one kernel of an idea. So for an example, um, because you've got a lot of story credits in yeah, IMDb. Thank you. Um, which is great. And like, for an example, um, uh, Mr. Thursday or dominion, which I'm in a, that, that film, I don't, that. yeah, I, I, it's, kind of in um turnaround i guess we filmed it but there's all kinds of legal problems and db sweeney was an asshole and um so topic yeah. fuck you db sweeney <laughs> and uh and it was just a lot of shit I that went him, yeah a lot of shit that just went awry and um but that originally my story though was i kept thinking and I, which I'm still going to make a version of this, either write a book about it or a screenplay, probably all of the above and make it into a film. Uh, but it's Dominion, basically. And it's about this uh, gentleman. And West of Thunder actually has elements of it as well. Mm -hmm. There's a, a small town uh, uh, homicide detective city of like Stevens Point, 30,000 people. They don't get a lot of murders. Well, this... Uh, uh, detective this homicide detective becomes famous he writes a book on why people are evil mm. and he basically breaks it down into three components number one it's familial it's it's mom and dad beat them we're cruel to them we're mean to them um it's also societal so the second one is their friends if the friends they hang out with bad bunch of kids that's going to influence them to be bad or the third thing is chemical, a chemical imbalance. There's a reason why people are evil is because their brains are not wired sure. correctly. There's a chemical imbalance of some sort. So I came up with this. That was the original idea. And then I expanded on it. So when I'm thinking, when I'm writing, I want one real solid idea. And then the rest of it just comes to me. And it's very, very weird how it comes to me. It's just like literally when I, when I write, the characters are telling me what they're going to say, not the other way around. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't craft the dialogue that's crafted in any one of my films. It's not from me. It's from that construct that I created, that character's telling that's me cool. yeah, what they're saying. It's really weird. Like I'll be at the end of the day, I'll have, you know, four or five pages written and I'll be like, holy shit. Wow. This is good. I don't <laughs> even realize that yeah. it's, 
that they're saying this. They tell me what they're saying. It's really kind of strange. But uh, again, just kind of get back to uh, Dominion. Um, so this this gentleman comes in, very nice dressed gentleman comes in, and he comes into a convenience store. They have all the security cameras, sets an unloaded weapon with bullets, and he asks the convenience store people behind the counter. He looks at him, and he's really nice. He says, how are you doing today? And they're like, great. Could you do me a favor? I'm like, sure. Could you kill yourself for me, please? They pick the gun up, put the bullets in, and whack. And it's all caught on surveillance cam. He yep. walks out. He mouths something into the camera. And then walks away. And this homicide detective is absolutely freaked because he's now done this like four or five times. And it's all caught on surveillance cams. And so he all he wants to do, this gentleman wants to meet with this homicide detective one on one. He said, I want to meet you alone one on one. Don't have me arrested or I'll make people pay. But I just want to meet and talk to you. That's it. That's all I want to do. So the first time they go, he he gives him the address. He shows up, and this guy comes to the door and says, "You son of a bitch, you lied to me." And he he closes his eyes and he goes, "Officer Fernandez is right over there. Officer Sinclair is over here. Officer Lee Tompkins is over here." Boom, and he knows where they're all kind of hiding on him because they're going to come in and arrest him, but they really don't know what they're going to arrest him for sure. because it's an assisted suicide, basically. So to make a long story short, get him in the car. And so he's in the back of the other car. And then he's uh, – this killer is in the front car. And all of a sudden you see the car flip. And all of a sudden he's gone. He's disappeared. And the two police officers have killed themselves in the front seat. And now he knows something is really fucked up. Something is really – so he gets to a point where he says, now do you believe me? All I want to do is meet with you alone and just talk to you. I just wow. want an hour of your time. So he sets up this meeting, he shows up, and he's like, you know something, officer, I enjoyed your book. I really enjoyed your book. It's actually really well written, but it's so filled with so many fucking lies. He said, you think people are evil because mom and dad beat them or their their friends are bad or a chemical imbalance? I'm that imbalance. I'm the reason why people are evil. And you never give me the credit. And I'm sick and fucking tired of it. When those people kill themselves, you know why they kill themselves? It's because of me. And he, you find out he's a devil. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really powerful. And it all, is. Yeah, it's like really fun and powerful. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really, you know, and it's so it's called Dominion. And and so, but that to make a long story short, it starts with that one idea. Yeah. And then I just expand on it. But even when I have that idea, it's already the rumblings of the rest Move of the it. story is already, you know, in at my what head. point do you say, I'm going to make this a book and this or a, a screenplay? Um, you know, or, when, I, when I started writing the books, it was that was difficult to do. Really okay. difficult. Screenplays aren't that difficult to me anyway. Um, so what I'd like to do probably with Dominion is write it as a book and then do a, a screenplay adaptation from the book. Sure. As a, as a screenplay. Um yeah, because I think it's it would be really powerful, and it and it talks a it lot is. about just like personal choice. Yeah, you know, it's just like you know, it's like he, you know, people. The devil looks at him and goes, "People choose me." That's right, right. You know, yeah. he says, "But you don't give me. I'm not a choice in your book, and, and, and I'm not a choice anymore." And yeah. and they choose. They willfully choose me. 
you know so it's really kind of powerful and philosophical and uh, theologically pretty sound too because he finds out that he wants this this homicide detective to kill himself in front of him and he says and the the he said i'm going to ask you to do this and you you'll be doing it as a favor to me but you will do it but the moment that because in his book he doesn't believe in the devil doesn't yeah, believe yeah. in god okay so the moment that bullet goes into your brain you're going to know that i exist that I'm the reason why <laughs> it's really intense and crazy. That, yeah. And yeah. So, so the, that's Mr. another one that I can see the continue on yeah. between the yeah. author and that guy back and forth for quite a while. Yeah. And a so, so, I mean, in, in, so to, to, again, to make a real long story short, it's, that's kind of how I, I, I come up with it. And, and I'm able to, I was able to, with my brothers and sisters, my brothers, I come from a really poor family. And at one time we shared my brothers and I one bed, <laughs> three three boys one bed, um, rub a dub dub three men yeah. in the tub. You know? <laughs> and uh, and you then we had one bedroom and then three guys. But when my brothers and cousins would be over, they'd say, "Danny, tell us a story." So every night I would tell them a story, and I was wow. able to even I'd say pick something out from the room, and somebody pick up a rock or something that you know was on uh, oh, the bed wow. stand or whatever, and they go tell a story about this rock. And I'd be able to tell a story right away of that rock and and how many people had it and the significance of the rock and and the magic powers of yeah, it. Yeah. And I'd just be able to do this stuff. And then it always ended up with like aliens and shit like that. You know? <laughs> so, do you find that you have all these nuggets that come to you? You finish them all, or do you have a whole bunch that are like started but not finished and you hope to finish them someday? Or do you I get pretty the nugget much, and I finish it? Pretty much when I get it. I'll figure out a way to get it done. Okay. And so there isn't a lot of like, I know a lot of authors, a lot of creators, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of unfinished, you know, songs, manuscripts, scripts, books, and whatever. I just get it done. I just okay. say, fuck it. And then I'm, I'm, I'm blessed enough, fortunate enough to, this is my real job. I don't have to have a real job. <laughs> I haven't had one. And I well, can't remember all the stuff you have going on. So, yeah. so what I see in that you had the story. Yeah. And then somebody else, like comes in with a screenplay yeah is that okay with you or or do you like do you have an input on the screenplay or do you when they finish the screenplay you're like the fuck you did to my story or to be honest with with, to be honest with you sometimes it's an improvement so my story is written so this the story i i try to do a treatment of it and the treatment's an overview of the screenplay itself but it's written in a narrative fashion it's written in a short story fashion Mm -hmm paragraphs the whole works not written templated like a, a screenplay and it's usually anywhere from like screenplays like with, with the verbiage back and yeah, forth of yeah you know kevin and says there's, this, yeah, Dan and says there's that. an actual templated yeah. way that you create it um but if it's if it's a treatment it's anywhere from like like i said five to 20 pages long okay and it's five probably 10 to 20 pages long and it's an overview of the story sure so if I give that to somebody and then they craft a screenplay after it, um, I've had that happen twice now. And both times I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, okay. So, okay. Okay. You were in, now was in like, you know, yeah. What the hell are you thinking of? And, and they added some really cool nuance to it and they added some really cool, you know, flavor to it. So I was happy with it. Okay, cool. So I've got about three stories I'm going to submit to you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
you have stories i got all kinds of stories i just can't finish it um but it, that's what's exciting to me is you know just that whole thing that you have so many stories out there yeah. as i'm looking for your stuff you've got stories you got stories yeah. and screenplays and you're in acting you're not acting in it but you just so that's really cool to me yeah it's 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 been fun i, I always love the creative uh process and i've loved the creative arts anything you know from music i'm a huge huge music fan and um anything that has a creative bent to it i'm you know part of so who who do you feel when you were younger or what's the greatest influence for you as a as a filmmaker and a film film writer and actor i guess both both let's touch on both as an actor what was a great influence on you and as a writer movie maker um as an actor um I've been a huge fan of Denzel Washington from his first Fuck yeah. things. He's amazing. He's yeah. just, he's one of my heroes. There is an actor though, um, who did a movie called, um, the walls of Jericho or I think, I think it's walls of Jericho and it was a made for TV movie from like 1979, 1980. Sure. And I was a kid and I was watching it. And his guy. acting was, and I can't remember not Richard Chamberlain, but I can't remember his name. Uh, It'll come to me, but he, his acting was just unbelievable in it. And that really got me thinking, well, holy shit, it'd be kind of cool to be able to, to be that type of an actor if I'm going to get into it. And then at Wapaka High School, our music and theater department was really big. Yeah. And they kind of pushed me into it and I enjoyed it. I really, I was never afraid to be in front of a thousand people. I never had that stage fright at all. I always enjoyed it. And that's kind of where it kind of start, you know, that film and Denzel Washington and, you know, and some of the old school filmmakers, um, you know, Mel Brooks, you know, is absolutely a comedic genius and still alive. Loved, yeah, or something. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. He's yeah. Like World War Two veteran. And he's still... literally right, right now working on a series. Yeah. With it's crazy. Uh, Nick Kroll. Mm-hmm. And they're they're writing and doing a TV series right now. That both of them. That's great. Wow. And his son too, I think, is a film director. Uh, he wrote War Road Z. His, oh, his son did. Max. Max yeah, Max Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what else he wrote, but he yeah he wrote yeah Roro that's Z. crazy. Yeah, that's cool. But you know, he he's one of my favorites of all time. I yeah. just love all. My dad loved all those films, and then I got to love all those films. Yeah. You know, and yeah. but it was fun. It was just you know, and I just I'm enjoying myself. That's the bottom line. It seems you know, like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do anything unless I take enjoyment from it. Okay. You know, it's life is too short to do Absolutely. things that are just like the sturm and drang of, of society. You want to do something that is noble and transcendent and uh, hopefully memorable, you know, and have fun with it because shit, I mean, if well, you're not having fun doing the things that you love and you know you that's that you've lost you know that's right. just yeah. life is pretty you know dreary without that's that so i look forward to this so much more than my real job yeah Heck yeah. yeah yeah and it'd be great okay. for you guys to expand this so that it becomes your real job and there are yeah. those the podcasters and, yeah. and you know that are doing it and and making with enough sponsors and enough eyeballs on their stuff that they're able to do this yeah it's a possibility you just gotta you just gotta work at it that's yep. all there is to it you just gotta work and i forgot the answer before in uh trip to jamaica did you did you get to work with eric roberts yeah so in a scene because yeah that guy's 
Yeah, he's 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 interesting. I, he's so I, good. He's so yeah. good, and he's so crazy. But yeah, what's your experience I, I, with him? I told this story about uh, Eric on a nationally <laughs> syndicated radio program just a couple months ago. God damn it! <laughs> and you know, I accidentally may or may not have seen Eric Roberts, Oscar-nominated Eric Roberts' penis. Oh, all right. <laughs> So, and it wasn't sexual, wasn't weird. It was, you know, hey, hey, Dan, I got Heineken and a roasted chicken back at the condo. You want to come? I know you're from, from Wisconsin, Dan. You like beer? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I got packets of mayonnaise. And, you know, he had me at Heineken and packets of mayonnaise. <laughs> well, the phone goes off and, you know, he's like, I'm going to take a quick shower. You know, boom, and goes and you enjoy your food and you have some beers, uh, drinking and blah, 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 having a good time. And then the phone rings. I'm like, Eric, your phone is ringing. Maybe it would be Julia Roberts or something. <laughs> Hello, Eric. This is Ju- uh, oh, well, hi, Julia Roberts. This is Dan Davies. I'll go get your brother, Eric. Could you hold on, please? Well, I also love you. Okay. <laughs> but, but it's ringing. I'm like, Eric. You know, Oscar nominated Eric Roberts, your phone is ringing. And he's like, ah, and comes out and he's wearing a terry cloth uh, robe and nothing else. And you don't want to see a 65 year old man's wiener. I don't, you know, it's just like, it's, it's a gray forest. It's not in the bucket list. No, it's not. It's, it was like a gray forest with a little snake coming out of it, you know, like a little worm. It's so horrible. You can't see that. But. You know, so shit. You know, I'm on a nationally. He's a great syndic- actor. <laughs> a nationally syndicated yeah, radio. That story. I said that I went, and the moment I, I was saying, and I went, "Oh, damn it, Eric's gonna be with him again." No, he's the most prolific actor in the history of Hollywood. He's done over 700 films. It's a, it's crazy. Holy yeah. shit. Just when you think you know every movie, he's been in every other movie. Yeah. That's it, why it's it's not that because he pimps himself out basically it's it's ten thousand dollars a day you know true, and he's true. oscar nominated yeah. so if you can if you can rustle up run away, four days, run away train yeah which is amazing which is i just watched a little while ago and he's so good in it. it's a great yeah movie. yeah um, star 80 he's yeah, so good 80, in it. Uh, he should have been nominated for yeah that. uh american or the gypsies uh yeah he's american gypsy i think it was he's he's a great so good and then he yeah yeah, just but he does, you know, his wife would say at one time, Eric was making three million dollars a film, but but that bloom fell off the rose. And now it's three million dollars a year doing 100 films a year, <laughs> you know, but you're still making three million a year. Well, there you go. And she's you like, know? go away, yeah, honey, go, keep go make movies. And she's his agent. Oh, too. Mm. so no, he's a good, he's she gets a good, 10% good guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you hear stories that he's. He's out there as well, but yeah. I don't know. Was he? You fine? Do you have things together? So I, yeah. I, I, as I said, I apologize. I, I started trip to Jamaica. Yeah. And at one point, I paused it, and I have not made back to it because yeah. we're. In, uh, I think two scenes. It's hard, together. It's hard to get back to it. Yeah. But um. Yeah. <laughs> I will finish it's it. Horrible. It's on my thing. No, it's just horrible. Don't, don't Fitz. Don't even don't. If you want to save yourself, because remember, you can't unsee this. <laughs> Just think of Eric Roberts' yeah, penis little penis. penis. It? Yeah. No, its penis is not showing up in a trip to Jamaica. God <laughs> <laughs> damn it. He's going to kill me. Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts, you want to come on the podcast and talk defend about yourself. it and defend your story? He, he might be a made man connected <laughs> to the mafia. 
you know i mean who knows shit i get whacked you know next oh, week it's not worth it don't whack yeah. them you love them whoops <laughs> no I'm well not... i'm just curious yeah I, I do i do i enjoy i think he's yeah great. he's a great actor he's amazing but yeah he does all these little these films you it's need to crazy. get him for three days minimum you know, wow. that's what his contract does. And and he likes chicken and, you know, certain things that he likes to eat. You know, obviously broasted chicken with packets of mayonnaise <laughs> and, you know, Heineken's and three inches of man love, you know. <laughs> No, two inches of man love. It was cold. Uh, he just came out of the shower. It was shrinkage, it was people. Shrinkage. It's cold. Yeah. So, oh, shit. I don't, I'm, I should stop telling that. It's going to Well, get, I guess until his agent or he calls you and says, Yeah, his wife. The fuck you doing, buddy? Yeah. His wife. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Let's talk about this. This okay, is cool. so cool. Cool. Look what I got here, right here. He brought to both of us his office. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? Okay, I'm going to tell you a quick story. You just lost your page. I well, <laughs> I don't know. It's in there, but that's cool. I got a ticket from uh, the sign, which we had. A, we got a ticket from uh, the night of, of the show. Yeah. Yep. So when I bought, so I was at the night of the show, and I bought a DVD or a Blu-ray. Yeah. And I had you sign it. Yeah. Which I loved, and I I tucked the ticket in the back of the sleeve. Yeah. Because I opened it right. So my nephew, who is going to Milwaukee to be. Filmmaker, yeah, it's good he's, school. He, Film he, school. He, he he loves movies, and we talk movies all the time. I thought he loves quirky movies too, so I gave him that Blu-ray yeah. for Christmas. Yeah, and it was funny because he opened the present. He's like, "Great!" And he goes, "Oh, and I got a ticket." I'm like, oh, "I didn't mean to give you that." <laughs> <laughs> and you... and I and I could get it from, but you know what? This yeah. is better. Good, thank you. Oh, yeah, awesome. Um, and I'm I'm going to order the Blu-ray again because I gave it to oh. him for Christmas. Because I'm like, you know well, what? The, the, or the Blu-ray it. or DVD. Remember, the DVD comes out March 14. Sure, I. I mean, if you want a Blu-ray, that's great. Which, is there one better? I what it's I cheaper. Oh, I don't get the DVD. I, okay. I love. Blu- um, my thing was I wanted to. I can't wait to uh, see the commentary. Yeah, I'm a commentary nut, and people, yeah, my kids and. Or like, what the fuck are you doing? It's, but it's I'm a, a commentary nut, and I like didn't it. get to listen to him before I gave it to him. Yeah, but he was excited. He loved it. It was the it was probably the best present in the whole group of my family when they wow, got it. So how they cool is that? It. Yeah, and he and I can't wow. wait to talk to him about him. Jeez, what a nice it. compliment! Thank you. Yeah, because um, I knew he would appreciate it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the only way reason I gave it away. Sure, I, I'm sure. going to order another one. Um, oh, that is so cool. That is, uh, thank you so much. It makes me feel really, really cool that people are appreciating it. And you mentioned the commentary. It was kind of funny because we did it at Mark Goldie, his studio. Okay. Mark's from Appleton and a, he's somewhat famous a record producer and a studio guy. And, um, and he was very gracious. He said, just come in the studio for a few hours and you guys enjoy yourself, bring some beer. And so we brought like a case Perfect. of beer. And so when we're doing the commentary, you hear us, Come on. yeah, clicking yeah, the beers, wait. and then Will is our the beer getter. So Will, because we didn't have hard cider for him, so he's running over. He's drinking a Coke or whatever. So he's getting the beers and stuff. But actually, you'll hear Will in that commentary talks a lot, which okay. is good because I wanted to get not just me, yeah, yeah, droning about shit, <laughs> Eric Roberts' penis or anything, but, but um. I, but it was cool to get his perspective on yeah, stuff. Yeah. And so there's a lot of neat insight from Will. 
and 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 from hopefully from me and from our director Steve Russell. Yeah, I can't. So wait. yeah, it's it's good. I think I, I think it's funny actually too because you can tell we're getting drunker as the <laughs> oh I can't wait tonight because we were just like, yeah I like this yeah yeah, yeah literally tonight, tonight. commentary yeah. I love it it was like paps we were drinking too. <laughs> something like that i want to mention that yeah he's gonna appreciate it and we can't i can't wait to talk to him about it let me get you another one real quick and then we'll touch on this um i'm never kidding all right so (laughs) we're back with more we're not back we're just always on but we're back um (laughs) for the most awkward transition it's a transition that's awkward because we keep drinking (laughs) yes we do but you know what um, this is one of the one of the reasons we uh, enjoy these in house so much because it's just great to there's no script we just talk and we and it's yeah. so much easier to talk to somebody in person than them. I know, yeah, it's and this has been fun. I've, I've really enjoyed myself. Oh, that's great, been really, and, really cool. And I believe we could probably talk for another. I know six hours. I know if we're not going more. on two hours already. Right, so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hit some high points because you got some shit coming out that are important, and uh, we want to get that out there. And this is one of them, which is really cool. And I appreciate you bringing us the book because I was looking at it and I could see the audio, but I'm like, yeah, this is cool. I'm going to read this. Thank you. And I will. Yeah. And uh, take a look. It's Forest cool. Dark, yep. which is a great name. And uh, wow, what a great story. Yeah. It's crazy. That, man. So, so Sam Johnson, um, that's not his real name. Um, is writing under a pseudonym, worked for the FBI from about 1972 to 1997. Uh, he got his his fame originally in the late 60s. He worked as a crime scene photographer. And what he did was he ordered all of the, the they were called uh, lookbooks, but they were basically all the perps. They would have these magazines with all of the wanted people or where they would show them, does he look like this? So what he did was he made a rudimentary uh, computer algorithm or metric in the old IBM computers with had its own room with the cathode, you know, the tubes and everything like that. And he created a facial recognition um, in the late 60s. And they were just starting to use security cameras. So he originally did that. And he put a mathematical equation to the face. He went by Michelangelo or Da Vinci's rule of three. And then he split the face up into his quadrants and each quadrant had its own uh, mathematical number so that gotcha. it, it would come up with a number. And then it, he could actually match it with somebody that he took all the photos of these photos in this computer. <clears throat> and so he was the first person to do that. Never got paid for it. The FBI <laughs> of course not. Fi- found out about him. And he thought he was in trouble. What the FBI wanted him to do was, though, they said, you're working with these security cameras. Can you make the facial recognition is amazing, but they still didn't know how to apply it. But he said, can you make things uh, get bigger, more clarity? Like if we see a, a license, can you get oh, to sure. a point yeah, where you can in. see yep. the zoom in? He said, well, we can't, but I can try to figure this. So originally that's, what he was hired for um, to add clarity to these uh, security camera videos. But then as he was doing this, they had a murder case where they saw something inexplicable, paranormal and supernatural. And they said, well, you obviously now know about security cameras and you know about computers, you know, about facial, facial recognition. You're going to be our go-to guy on any time we have a capital crime or something, somebody sends us a security camera. 
that has an anomaly, an inexplicable anomaly, anomaly, okay. be it paranormal, supernatural, alien, just crazy shit that they would see. So he, he had an office at the F, his FBI office, which I think might have been in Chicago, but I'm not 100 percent sure. And and he would go through and they'd send all these security camera videos to him, and he would try to deconstruct what the, he what they what he was seeing. Is this Hollywood trickery? Is this somebody doing special effects? What? Why is that person floating in the background? Right. Oh, okay, shit okay. Like that? Said, so you dissect the shit. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so that's what he did. And as he was doing this in the book, he he had this uh, bear. And I can't remember exactly how he came. Oh, it was a family bear from his grandfather who's from Russia. And he got it literally from the czar, the czar's family, like in 1910, 1915. And the bear came over. But something about the, the videos that he was seeing in this bear, there was a connection between the two. Hmm. So when you read the book, it's really fascinating and fucked up and crazy so that's kind of his backstory and that's what he did but he's now in his mid to late 70s i, I think he lives on the east coast uh, i know he has a dog <laughs> um, he's a smoker he's on oxygen because he'll switch out the oxygen tanks when oh, he's okay. on the phone with me and i can hear him clinking <laughs> you know oh, and, okay yeah and the 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 bottles of oxygen and um and he has trouble holding uh you know it, 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 he'll talk to me like dan danny so i'm gonna tell you a story about he's always trying to catch so his story take a while. yeah yeah because yeah, he's always yeah yeah gra- trying gasping. To gasping gotcha so he's maybe on his last legs i think this is his dying confession he reached out to me because of a trip to Jamaica okay. on Netflix. He was a fan of the international cinema. Um, and then I wrote a book called The Rantings of a Madman on Facebook. And Gannett, Wisconsin, did a really nice article about it. He he finds out I'm an actor and a writer, and that's what he's looking for. So, so he sends me this email through my IMDb. Mm-hmm. I think that he's hitting on me. And <laughs> no, wait, what? Yeah. And then I emailed him back. I, I'll, you know, I, why, I, why, why would he why was just very complimentary? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> then, but then I misconstrued it and I said, Hey, thank you, sir. You know, blah, blah, blah. It's a nice compliment, but I like women. I'm heterosexual, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then he's he wrote back right. Oh, dear Lord. I it wasn't hitting on you. Like Eric Roberts. <laughs> 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 no, that's, please don't he's gonna have me killed um so, Eric, yeah, let's yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay so 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 anyway so he, he he reaches out to me we start up this he calls me it's an unlisted number we start talking about these things he said could you ghostwrite my book i said oh, uh, wow. sir he's smart he's got a bunch of degrees he's got a degree in computer science mathematics and he's got a law degree that he got later on in life I said i said sir you can you, you'd be able to do this you know i don't i don't want to touch this i said this is freaky shit so he wrote it himself um, and he wanted somebody that was a filmmaker and an actor to actually create a one-hour TV pilot oh. based on the book because he wants to be able to make it into an episodic series because he wants this weird, supernatural, alien, paranormal, whatever he's experiencing with this teddy bear and what he's, he's seen out to the general public. Okay. Because it's 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 not it's 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 evil and weird and strange and it's it needs to be out there so when he wrote it, it did it freak him out 
freaked him out. Yeah. Wow. He's in hiding because of it. Yeah. He, he's under an assumed name. So he's he knows that there's powers that'll be. He said he doesn't give a shit if they oh. kill him or get him. He doesn't care. He's like, I'm already old. I don't care. But he has family members. Yeah. Yeah. So I took that wrong. And I, I is that I thought it was in hiding because he didn't want that he was talking about it. But he's in hiding because he's scared. He's scared. Wow. Yeah, he's I terrified. Wow. Okay. And here's this grisly old, you know, older guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think he grizzly old guy back then. Don't get scared of anything. No, no. And I think he was in. He might have been in Vietnam, early Vietnam, because uh-huh. I know he was in the a military. I don't know if it was army or air force or navy or whatever. But I sure. I have this feeling that he might have served during the early part of Vietnam. But he's a grizzled, you know, old guy, and he should be scared of anything. And he's absolutely terrified. And he says at the at the end of the book. He reaches out to the readers to say, if you have any idea of what these things could be or what this entity is, go to, and it's, it's my uh, email, one of my email addresses. Cause I said, would you be able to, if you get a lot of people, you know, writing you, uh-huh. would you be able to do this? He's like, hell no. <laughs> sure. <laughs> 70. Are they going to send a letter? <laughs> That's true. You know, a slow boat to China letter. No, I'm like, no, it'd be email. He's like, okay, oh. so you're helping them out. I mean, yeah. That's so, cool. so people can, I had a couple people already reach out where okay. they think it's, um, they've come up with their own ideas of what this entity is, which is really kind of cool. We filmed the the uh, one hour TV pilot already. So that's out there. We've got a Hollywood uh, agent and agency interested. Um, as a of, documentary or as a, as, a, as a series. So the series would either be me in my conversations with Sam and all the things that I've, or an actual recreation of the okay. things that he went through from 72 to 97. Wow. And then he's writing a second book about, he worked for NASA for like five or six years for the Viking one and Viking two project with all the photos of Mars Yeah, because yeah. there's anomalies in these photos and he was able to see them. There over 54,000 photos were taken. There's 1500 of them with anomalies. Oh, wow. Meaning a, structures, yeah. crazy shit like that. And he was hired as a subcontractor for NASA to, he said, we occluded it. So they made it look f- fuzzy. So if you see any of those photos, because they're all general dom- yeah. public domain, yeah, yeah. if you see a little fuzzy little area, yeah, that's him. That's, that's him doing it. Uh... And it could, be, it could be a, you know, an alien, a structure, a, a spaceship, a boot. You know, okay, there's all kinds okay. of rumors. There's uh, they found a boot. Uh, I've I've seen that photo, and yeah. I don't know if that slipped through his hands, but it's all from Viking One and Viking Two from the 70s and 80s when they sent the first, you know, wow. explorers up to uh, you know unmanned, right, you know, right. up to Mars. Yeah, so it's crazy. So yeah, that's it. That's so, it in a nutshell. So how, so how freaked out do you get hearing these stories? You know, it's. <laughs> several several stories yeah 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 but you know for me it's like i i I have i've got another tv show coming out and it's called weird people in weird places where where where, can we get this book yeah that's on amazon yep and it's a forest arc and and it's a kindle version and a paperback version and then the audio book will be coming out this spring and i'm going to be doing the audio 
Oh, that's for it. So, yeah, you have a voice for audiobooks for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that would be you. a yeah, good one. So I'm excited to do that. And that'll be the Renegade Press. Is that you? That's me. Yeah, that's my publishing company. Oh, awesome. So I published it. I've got a Music on the Bones, which is also available on uh, Amazon. And that's written by Jody Marriott it, and Avi Barlev. And it's uh, based on true events, but it's not a true story. But it's based on true events that happened in 1969 in Russia in the oh. Soviet Union, where they used to actually, rock was contraband. You could be thrown in a gulag yes. if you had a Beatles album. Right. So what they would have people tape them to their body, get them into the country, and then th these med students would go to the hospitals and buy up all the used film, the x-ray film. And they could, with a stylist, they could actually create records from the x-ray film because it's you know malleable yeah and so they listened to, that's why it's called music on the bones so it's, gotcha. it's a great 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 book written by jody marriott and avi barlev and it's going to be made into a film and they did the soundtrack already at abbey road studios in london i saw that yeah yeah, yeah i read yeah. that yeah that's and awesome I, I play the lead character's dad in it and katie caden plays my wife in it and uh clint howard and robbie benson clint so, yeah i really do yeah he's he's a trip the unappreciated howard right yeah. but i yeah. i i appreciate him so Back that's kind of in, in 2023 so it'll be hopefully just a you know a gangbuster year but it's but people it's inexpensive you know less than 10 bucks to get the the book for 95 to get the kindle and it's absolutely terrifying. Amazon. Or have them on your podcast. Maybe I'll give you one for free. <laughs> <laughs> so I came in with two of these. Yeah, I can't wait to read it, actually. Because I was looking at it, I'm like, I'm going to read that. And I was looking at Amazon to... to uh... Oh, cool. To get look at it, but well, no, no, you got your own I don't copy. have to worry about it, because I got everything Did Sam sign? Hand. We had uh, signed Did he? copies of Sam. Yes, Sam signed these, too. Oh, sure. oh come yeah. on. And it took forever to send it for him because he had a third party that i sent it to so i wouldn't know his address and so it took like a month to get these back he's a sam. So, no sam wow he's a, he's yeah. a real case you guys are you guys are awesome i want to be on your show again you will be um and i'm gonna bring more alcohol okay you will be well we definitely need more i think <laughs> we always need more no it, it's been so great Oh my god! Awesome. But before we go, before yeah. we oh yeah yeah, you want to sure. learn, and I don't blame them. I want to talk about the fifty million dollar bullet. Okay, cool. Because it's obviously, if you're from this area, you know the story. Yep. Um, Funk, what was I don't remember his first yep. name. Yeah, um, Gary, not Richard Funk. What was I? Oh, shoot, I can't remember. Anyway, um, he was yeah. he was suing the city for yeah, city a of bunch of money. Nina, city yep. of Nina, fifty million dollars, and he was kidnapped essentially. Yep. And as he escaped, the police ended up shooting him. Yeah, they they shot not the There's in the news. You, you can yeah, read it. Not yeah. the hostage taker, but the one of the hostages, which is just a crying shame. And, and I watched the trailer. And, yeah, and it's all actual footage and pretty disgusting footage. Yeah, the police talking about yeah. shooting and laughing. Yeah. And, Oh wow! Like and literally they right him, after it happened, they let him bleed out for forty-five minutes before any medical. Yeah, come on. I mean, I remember I, this is a while ago. I remember here the whole story. Like, I just don't remember like the 20, details. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know it's it's weird that it's been that long. ML Funk. Yeah, that's okay. he went by the yeah, oh, yeah ML right, Funk. Yeah, right, and right. so, so where, did, where did that project come from? And so there was a gentleman, named David Starr, who's from Los Angeles and Florida, and 
he came up to I have a film festival too called National Independent Film Association Film Festival. One of his films was up for an award, so he flew in and he started talking to Donna Frankart, who was a coroner for Winnebago County. Hmm. And she talked about this this case of ML Funk and, and and then it intrigued him. So then he went a step further and said, well let's make a movie out of it, you know? And but now he's passed. He's gone. Oh. He died. Um kind of in a mysterious kind of a way to which that's another the Nina police didn't kill him. No, no, this is down in Florida. <laughs> Florida. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, it was in Florida. Died for me. And but what's odd about it, the IMDB page, there's a poster up for it. And oh, nobody what? knows where it's come from. So it's it says fifty million dollar bullet out October someday right. October of twenty twenty three yeah and and David Starr is gone he's dead so there's like this some mystery behind that too and I didn't even know uh, Donna Frankart had called me because one of the uh, people one of the actors said who put the poster up for fifty million dollar bullet and Donna calls me up and goes who did that i'm like wait there's a poster <laughs> on the imdb and i checked it out and went, oh my gosh holy crap you know so i guess it's been resurrected somehow but it's okay they don't even have a script for it you know and i told them too i said well dude i could write it yeah <laughs> yeah um but i mean if you don't want me to write it that's fine you find someone else you know yeah, but yeah. i mean if you have a writer who's already in the film why don't they just you know, Hey Dan, you're you're halfway decent. Yeah. You're probably asking yourself a couple of questions. First of all, my name is Matt Foley. I am 33 years old. I'm a writer who lives in the bank. That's my Chris Farley. If you break this table, this is going to be the Fall on the table. So I don't know why I went into Chris Farley. Maybe it's, it's amazing. amazing. I don't know awesome. the beer is talking. But uh, no, but it's but we needed to get another Wisconsinite in there. The the fellow uh, Chris Farley, yeah, twenty, yeah, it was actually just a few days ago. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, the 25th anniversary of his death. Yeah, yeah. is that, that sad? 97. Yeah, you're right. He was I, he was one of my heroes. Coming up, I absolutely yeah. loved him. I know his brother. Cheers to Chris. Cheers this to real Chris. we gotta. Yeah. He's amazing. He was, his brothers are nice guys too. Oh, okay. Kevin mm. and John and uh, what's the other one? Wow. But I know Kevin and John. They're okay. really nice guys. But yeah, it's I just had to do my Chris Farley. That's all right. Thing, so I can't, I can't. all you want. I can't do an interview without breaking <laughs> out know, Chris Farley. But you guys, thank you again. This has been amazing. Well, I would love having you, man. Thank you. And and then sharing your stories. And uh, we've got so many more questions that we want to have you back again. Thank you. I would and love I, to. Um, we have you back for another yeah. reason. Are you going to announce it? Ed King, the musical two. We're going to get into the, the the sequel to it, and yes. that's uh, Ed's big adventure. And it's a based on a true story. My, one of my best friends was a year older than me at Wapaka High School, and he was at Madison, and he came back for a weekend. I was still in high school, but we were drinking, and he's like, "Danny, he goes, guess what." He said, my roommate met Ed Gein. I'm like, whoa, did he go up to Mendota? He said, no. He said, that son of a bitch was wandering the streets of Madison. 
And my my roommate is in this bar and he see, looks out the window and he sees a guy in blue, like uniform. Yeah. He's like, oh, this guy doesn't belong here. And he, and it's an older guy comes up to him and says, sir, are you lost? He's like, yeah, I'm lost. My name is Ed. And I live over here. He points kind of towards Mendota. He must have got on a bus or got gotten to the downtown or one of the Heard, bars. Yeah. And so he's like, holy shit. And he's, he said, what's your name again? He goes, I'm Ed, Ed Gein. And he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Runs to a pay phone because they didn't have, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and calls up and goes, oh, my God, Ed Gein has escaped. You know, you got to get him back home. And, 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 and so that was the end of that. So then I take that real story and yes. I'm expanding yes. it. And it's Ed's big adventure. And he has one day where he's normal. He just wants one day where he's not murderous and a cannibal and a necrophiliac and all these things. He just wants one freaking day. And he actually has a heroic day. He's, he's, he gets, he, 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 he does, he, he goes into a bar, starts rapping. He does all kinds of stuff. And it, it's into like 1984. Is it so written already? It's, it's, or you're, it's, you're, it's, already, it's brewing. Yeah. It's brewing. And Will Kaiser will probably be helping with that as well. Excellent. Big time. Yeah. Excellent. I might have him direct it. Uh, he's, oh, yeah, wow. he's very talented. Um, so add game to musical. And then uh, I have a, I dream of a psychopomp is a horror film that's doing really, really well. It's amazing. It's a Kenosha Racine filmmaker. Okay. Um, uh, Danny Villanueva Jr. Brilliant. And Anthony Ramos. It, that's a fucking, I love that film. Yeah. I'm yeah, only in yeah, it. Yeah. I have a I'm small supporting it, yeah. role. And that's on Tubi. I think. I got Tubi. Yeah. Freebie, Good. Roku, all kinds of stuff. And nice. then um, I have an, a one coming out in 2023 where I play a deranged preacher uh, called uh, uh, Without a Name. And that was shot. They're Los Angeles filmmakers, um, uh, Emmett Loverday and Hayato um, Mitsuishi. And uh, Hayato is also originally from Japan and a filmmaker there. And Eric Otto Lukert, so it's uh, who's from Wisconsin. And that's coming out in 2023 without a name. And I want to do a film called Deer Mageddon, the musical that I want to shoot, you know, in Wisconsin is about zombie deer. <laughs> and yes. And it's a musical and and it's 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 uplifting. And I reached out to like Kev Mo and and uh Mark uh, Metcalf and and just said, Would you guys be involved? You know, see March Torme and so can I just say right here, right now sure. on film, if you make another movie in Wisconsin and you need an extra free of charge, I'm in. You give me a call. I'd love for both of you guys. I would we I would be in and, any and movie you, that you'd ever you, want to be in. I have an kids. extra. Have your kids there too. And my kids. Oh yeah, Great. absolutely. We we always pay our extras in amazing food. I love amazing food. I love amazing tell. food. <laughs> and and in if and if they're over twenty one and if they want a libation, as long as they're not drinking and driving, because that's yes against the law, yeah. even in Wisconsin. Yeah, in, believe in, it or not. Yeah. So. <laughs> You guys, thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. So, at, at, when we were at the musical, yeah, your friend um, who said he was doing a documentary of the night interviewed me and my and, daughter and his and her boyfriend. Mm. So we've you've got film of us talking about oh, good. why we got there. Good. I don't know where it's going to go with it, yeah. but so Andy Bong, that's his name. That's his real okay. name. Andy, yes, yeah. Now I remember. And he's a uh, uh, special needs. He's very uh, nice. Super great guy. Super he's excited. A, yeah, he's a filmmaker. Okay. And uh and he's just one of the neatest guys. But he, yeah. he does these documentaries. He's gonna do one on me. And um 
yeah and we filmed a couple of different interviews and he basically just reads my wikipedia page and then asks questions <laughs> like you know from the well wikipedia. he gave my daughter shit and i thought it was hilarious so no, he's he was a funny perfect. guy he's yeah a, he's yeah. got a great sense of humor and i'm very proud of him he's overcome a lot in his mm-hmm. life he wasn't supposed to survive mm-hmm. the umbilical cord got wrapped around his throat and oh, lost oxygen he wasn't he was supposed to be profoundly deaf blind and oh wow all kinds of stuff and he's, he's far from that no yeah he is it's pretty amazing That's but awesome. yeah, yeah he was a neat kid he was yeah yeah, was, yeah we had fun with him yeah he's a good guy andy so i just yeah. I wanted to mention that so where can where can anybody re- find you um and to, to learn more about you so you know the the wikipedia page is always a good jumping off point my imdb page at dan davies uh vi6 uh roman numeral um is a great way to kind of keep up on all the upcoming films um uh, renegade press i'll be able to have my website right now is a forest dark dot us or is it dot org dot org i think and so for a forest dark but that's renegade press so you'll be able to see my books and and some of the books i'm uh publishing and um yeah I, that's about it and you know and again Eric Roberts. <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to end. That's the way to end. Thank you so much, sir. We cannot thank you enough for joining. You guys are awesome. Thank Appreciate you. I enjoyed it. We'll myself. A, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now we're going to drink some more, maybe eat some. <laughs> more go, let's go enjoy. Uh, let's go to, go to a bar. Yeah, Green Spore House. Let's go. And we'll shout out to Green if we keep this going. We'll cut it all. Thank you for listening. The tavern is closed for now, but we'd love to have you back for more fun next time. Seriously, though, get your asses out of here. Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the city of angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.